0: To get you, Barbara. Oh, that's creepy. (laughs) I love it though. Now, me, I not only drink really, I really drink. We are buzz on on movies. Shoot me
1: down, but I won't fall. (laughs) I'm titanium. Um, Yeah.
0: Welcome once again, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen, to Buzz on Movies. I'm Teddy. And I'm Matt. And we've got just uh, just a whole lot of stuff to talk about tonight. Stuff. Um. Yeah. You know, we're back. It's the new year, 2023. Yeah. Right? 2023. 20, that's it. That's it. We're not forgetting yet. Um, okay. I'll and you asking me? I'm confused. <laughs> and... We've got stuff to talk about from last year, we've got stuff to talk about from this year. It's been like we've had the holidays, we've had new years. There's been a lot going on, so we have a lot to catch up on. Um sure do. Yeah. Happy New tonight, Year tonight. Yeah, happy New Year everyone to all the the Buzz on Movies family. Probably, you know. Uh, and uh yeah, we're going to be talking about just all the stuff we saw over the holidays and beginning of this year. Um Mainly, we're going to be focusing on Avatar: The Way of Water, The Fablemans, and Megan, <laughs> which mm-hmm. is pretty um, much the strangest assortment of films we could come up with. But pretty on brand for us. We gotta we gotta talk about these films. They're all right in our wheelhouse in one way or another. Yeah. And yeah. We gotta talk about them. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: yeah.
1: It's exciting. It's good to be back.
2: Yeah. Yeah, um, you very know, good.
1: Um, I don't know why you would know this, but there was that Usher song, Usher um, baby, um, <laughs> Daddy's home.
0: <laughs> you referenced this this on another episode.
1: Oh, did I? Okay, okay. I, uh, <laughs> where when he when he's like, "It feels so good to be back." I think about that every time I say it's good to be back. Uh,
0: exactly, exactly. We we have an episode called "Daddy's Home" for exactly
1: oh, that. Oh, <laughs> I remember that. I remember that. Yeah. See, we've been doing this so long, I can't even keep our episodes straight. Yeah, you
0: know, we we have so many breaks that we have to come back a lot, but that you know that just builds the anticipation. People, people waiting for more.
1: We like suspense here.
0: Yeah, that we like to we like to keep them in suspense. Um, so yeah, we've been we've been going to the movies a little bit Let's uh, over the time. Uh, most of the movies that I've seen, uh, aside from the typical Christmas watches have been I on the planes. So, I, you know, I went on vacation flying. over the holidays. I was flying a bunch, watching movies on the plane. Uh, that's always, I always enjoy that. My favorite movies on the plane story from this time around is uh, on the way back when I was, um, you know, sat down on a seat. It always take a little while to get settled. Um pull up look through the catalog and see what's available before I would even like started really looking through what was available. Guy in front of me already watching last year's horror film Fall. Mm. <laughs> the one where they climb to the top of the the high tension radio tower and get stuck up there. Yeah, that's <laughs> so a like, choice
1: for a, when you're on a plane. That
0: yeah. is a that yeah, that is that's is really a choice. That is, that would not be my first pick. Um And then, like, he finished that movie. Like, that that movie's like, I don't know, an hour and a half. He finished that movie, like, as soon as you possibly could have finished that movie. He started before we even took off. So, like, an hour into the flight, he's already finished this movie. If
1: I I watch a movie on a plane, I do the same thing.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I, I, I usually try to cram in a bunch because
1: I, I don't, I, I, my, like, one thing that gets to me any other time when I'm picking a movie is like indecision. Some, for some reason, on a plane, it's like, that's out the door. I'm like, I see something, I'm like, that, and I immediately go for it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's true. Uh, uh, there's something about being on a plane that's just kind of freeing in your movie choices. You're like, yeah. well, this time is wasted anyway. So I might as, well, like, even if I watch something dumb, like, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. So my, gen-
1: my general thought is like, this is the one time I can watch that either really bad movie I'll never otherwise watch or like classic movie that I would probably need to watch.
0: So yeah. Yeah. I, I like to use it as a mix of like something that I know is probably going to be bad, but I've been wanting to see anyway. And then others like a classic movie that like I've been meaning to see for ages, but never get around to. Um, so this guy finished fall and immediately started watching smile. <laughs> right after that so like man he's just like running through the horror movies it was great and then uh, after that he went straight into uh the unbearable weight of massive talent so like so bizarre just like just racking them up lots of 2022 stuff but not sticking with the horror theme because um i i took note of this the other 2022 horror films available on this flight were bodies, bodies, bodies. Halloween ends, and the invitation. So they had a pretty good selection of recent yeah, awesome, movies, so. including horror, on this flight. Uh, it was it was quite nice. I myself watched Beverly Hills Cop for the first <laughs> time. That was great. Um, and Don't Worry, Darling, which was oh, not great. Not great. <laughs> <laughs> not not very good. That one. Um, And what was, what did I catch? Oh, Oh, the man from uncle. That was pretty Oh
1: Yeah. I saw you logged that. And I was like, what the (laughs) fuck (laughs) I'd actually forgotten that you'd been flying. I was like, what prompted this? But that makes sense.
0: That was, that was my, my movie choices for that. Uh, The the way over was even crazier. I was watching like, um, Mark Wall the Mark Wahlberg 2010 era feature contraband.
1: Oh, my God.
0: And with like the worst airplane headphones imaginable, like you could barely make out what anyone was saying. And for some reason, subtitles were not available. (laughs) So I was just like, "Okay, I'm getting like half the dialogue. I just know that everyone's really angry at each other. When you you say worst
1: airplane headphones, you weren't using like your own headphones.
0: No, because it was one of those ones that has like the little split and, oh. You know? Wow, the, oh. The two different plugs. That's stupid. Which, I don't know why that was ever a thing, but I certainly think Certain- that it doesn't nobody need to be a thing now. That.
1: Yeah, nobody has that. Any- That's stupid. That's stupid as shit. Um, okay. It was very
0: strange. Um, Yeah. And it was like, it was like that really...
1: What airline oh, was this?
0: This was KLM. Oh. Which, like... Not
1: an airline iPhone, so... It's,
0: yeah. it's the... Uh, Netherlands airline yeah, yeah, uh I,
1: I I'm familiar I just have never
0: they're not like that bad they're generally pretty good but that like <laughs> the in-flight entertainment was not not top-notch on that one but whatever I was trying to sleep anyway so I only ended up watching like half of that movie anyway that's been <laughs> that's been my airplane cinema experiences I've also cinema I went to see Avatar, of course, and we're going to be getting into that. But I have to talk about just the general experience of going to see Avatar first. I had to see it on the biggest screen possible. And in the state of Virginia, that is the uh, the Airbus. IMAX theater at the Udvar uh Air and Space Museum in sure Herndon, yeah. Virginia, and as they announced to us before the film started, it is the largest projected screen in the state of Virginia. <laughs> so I was like, Oh good. This is the best place I could have gone. And uh, yeah, it was pretty crazy. That screen is enormous. It's like one of those like two, three story ones, just complete field of vision filled. Yeah. Um, With the, with the 3d IMAX glasses with the yep. high frame rate, everything oh, is just God. like, yeah. it's a lot. such, such an immersive experience yes. really feels like the sort of thing that, that 3d is meant for. Um, and absolutely like one of the most, um, immersive experiences I've ever had at the cinema.
1: At the cinema? Uh, yeah, no, I also mm-hmm. saw it on IMAX and 3d, um, at Lincoln square. Um,
0: that's and, a good one too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that one's huge.
1: Very large. Um so yes and I agree. It was uh, that I mean I honestly don't think I would have enjoyed it the way that I did without having seen it in IMAX in 3D. It's like I just like can't fathom wanting to watch it any other way. So, um you know, yeah, I'm glad I got to. I almost didn't because I was like I canceled my first cuz I had like a ticket for like the week it like opened, but then I was like oh, I'm going to see my family like two days after this, I like need to not sit in a crowded movie theater. Yeah. um, yeah. (laughs) Before I go home and do that. So like I canceled that ticket and I was like, what am I going to do? So I scheduled one for 10 AM on the Saturday after I'd gotten back to New York. Oh my. So I'm seeing this movie at 10 AM on the upper West side. Um, it was new year's it was new year's eve it was january 31st <laughs> and I, i'm on the upper west side
0: what are you Avenue. doing new years and
1: i come out of the movie first of all there was like a ton of people on the train all going to the same place like we got out of the train at the stop and it was just like migration <laughs> to this
0: everybody place. trudged into the theater i was like jesus <laughs> christ
1: it's like a rainy new year's eve i'm like what's going on here um and um, it, the, the theater was like basically sold out even on that 10 AM on a Saturday morning. Wow. Well, after um, it had opened, um, in New York, that happens even if a movie isn't doing well, but fortunately this movie is doing well. Um, it, but especially at the Lincoln square IMAX, if there's a movie that's like big, that's playing there on IMAX, everybody comes out for it uh, because they yeah. know it's like the IMAX to see a movie. Nice. On.
0: Yeah. Um, this one, this one was pretty crowded. I think it was sold out the first time I tried to get tickets they were sold out, and I had to go the next day instead. It was like the Thursday and the Friday the week after it had come out. Oh yeah. And see, luckily yeah, I used my AMC thing,
1: and it, it you know you can book well in advance. Mm-hmm. So I had booked it like you know well before I was even before I even left New York to go see my family. I had booked the ticket for this trip for when I got back to New York. So. Yeah, and I come out of the theater. I just remember, like, I sat through the whole thing. I didn't have to pee once, which was like genuinely shocking to me. I was like, "This is a very long movie. I have a very small bladder. This is very difficult for me." Yeah, Um, um, but I made it through, and it wasn't even like like there was never a moment where I was worried. I was like, "Wow, that was impressive," because I had a very large um, orange vanilla diet Coke because the zero was out. (laughs) Oh Uh, no. Um still mad about that um and then i would like that was the day i like got out of the movie and i went to like a sports bar on the corner because it was like fucking two in the afternoon between like (laughs) trailers and everything um i was like this was a four-hour experience i'm on the upper west side i should eat i almost went to jacob's pickles um, but then I was like, that's too much. It's just I can't do this. Um it's <laughs> too much
0: for one um, day. It'll and just...
1: I went to the sports bar and I'm sitting there and I was like, you know what? Fuck it. And I got a ticket to see the fableman's three hours <laughs> Um at the same theater. So I just go back a couple hours later. I'm like, dang. Hey. Um <laughs> That's a
0: very interesting double feature. I yes. do I do love spending the whole day at the movie theater though. That's a fun pastime.
1: Yeah, it was very fun. Yeah. That was a good good New Year's Eve, actually. So
0: very fun. Um well, before we get any deeper into discussion of the actual movies, what are we drinking tonight?
1: Well, I'm currently three drinking. Um, I've got a water. I've got a tea because I'm an old man. Um, <laughs> and also to celebrate the new year, new season, and the blue people. Um, I do have an old favorite, the Blumhouse Fantasy Island Cave Water.
0: Oh my god, <laughs> you did it!
1: Um, I have a very pink cocktail for when we get to Megan, but um, the, oh hell that, yeah, yeah. So, um, but yes, I have a Blumhouse Fantasy Island Cave Water at the moment. Um, so. Well,
0: and that that also fits Megan because it's a Blumhouse movie. Yes, uh. yeah, it
1: absolutely does. <laughs> uh, mainly, I was thinking it's blue, um, and also it's like. You know, it's a cave water. Where this movie's about water. Um,
0: yeah, yeah. Like, it kind of works regardless. The so, way of water. You know, the water's different in Avatar. It's it's not magical and can't grant your wishes, but it does flow through all things. It is there at the beginning and the end. Yeah, it's, it's as, something.
1: I'll tell you that. Uh, um, <laughs> there's a lot of it. There's just like a yeah, lot of water. There's like a lot so of water. water. It's it's um,
0: James Cameron. He loves his water um james cameron
1: really does love his water i think we should discuss that at greater length someday
0: but. he's he's all about it you know but he also makes movies about how water can kill you so well he has great reverence for it so he has that yeah that respect of the sea that like yeah. an old sea dog will have it's like an yeah. oh,
1: old sea dog like i, I love like the sea
0: james. but she's fierce
1: i like yeah okay <laughs> i like thinking about james cameron as that um Um, what about you what are you what are you sipping on
0: well uh in keeping with my theme of uh this being a holiday leftovers episode i have just a lot of leftover stuff that i've been meaning to drink (laughs) that Uh has been around for too long so right now i'm drinking uh aleworks pumpkin beer
1: (laughs) oh nice i like that one like
0: like it's good it's good but it feels very unseasonal right now like i'm like expecting like crisp autumn leaves outside but it's like it's it's like winter but also it's 60 degrees outside so it is I, you know, it's like, it oh. doesn't feel seasonal for any of that but um i've got that and okay. then on on deck when i'm through this i've got half a bottle of eggnog that i still have to finish eggnog
1: is it homemade or is it like a
0: it's the trader joe's wine-based eggnog
1: oh oh wait i don't even if i'm familiar with that i think you've mentioned it before i
0: mentioned it a couple episodes ago yeah but i don't think i've ever had it it's pretty good it's uh i mean just it tastes like eggnog like any other eggnog that you might make obviously not as good as like a homemade but for a bottled eggnog pretty good okay high quality stuff yeah love to hear it so avatar the way of water the way of water connects all things. It has no beginning and no end.
1: That's what I'm told. I am told this. I have been made to believe that that is true by Avatar, the way of water, um, <laughs> and the characters therein. Um, it seems true. It seems like the water never ends. So that seems right to me. Um, this movie, look, I like this movie. Um, I, just to be upfront. It's also a very odd movie because like so much of it is like, Like, here we are, we have the same villain as the last movie, but now they're Navi, because of course they are. Um, And we killed off Sigourney Weaver, but now she's just voicing her, like, Virgin Mary daughter. Um, Yeah. (laughs) um, I'm like, I don't really know, like, I feel like maybe this was, like, an odd, everything is odd here. It's very odd. It feels like it's, like, somebody pressed a reset button. Like, it doesn't feel like this is, like, a sequel. I mean, I know it has been planned for years, but it feels more like they were like, wait, we can't just do, like, a... A sequel to that because nobody really knows what was happening in that um <laughs> that's been so long it's now okay we're just gonna like reset the whole series now like, it does it, feel
0: like this is more like the beginning of something whereas the last movie felt much more like of a standalone nature right um, right
1: and i mean he said he wants them all to be standalone and
0: i have no doubt that they will be
1: um but like i you know this felt more like it's like the start of like a longer plot, like you know. Now, like you know, the the Navi villain, spoiler alert, doesn't die. So, like you know, like we know he's coming back to be the villain in future installments. You know, things like that. Um, the last movie, like he died. I thought he was gone, and now it's like the same guy. Yeah. I'm like, why they are you brought doing? him
0: back? Yeah, what's well, uh, very interesting. I didn't love that
1: choice. Um, that I will, I, th- I just it could have been somebody new. You know, it just could have been. It could have. It
0: could have. I but, do. I do find his character to be very interesting in, in that he's. He is the same as the previous villain, but also not. He's been reincarnated as a Na'vi. So he is like, he simultaneously like has the same grudges and allegiances as before, but he doesn't really have any reason for having those things. Those are just like memories that are implanted in him. And he is aligned against the Na'vi and like trying to destroy them, while like he is one himself, and like, well, even though he's an avatar, he's been created in the image of the Navi, not in the image of the men that he's fighting. Gonna say, but he's not really of.
1: even like the same as saying he's an avatar. He's been like, re- like he doesn't have a human body he can go back to. Um, yeah, like you know, um it's it's this is it for him. Uh, he's stuck in this body, so. His grudges are, I think they are theoretically very interesting. I would not say that the movie fleshed out his thoughts on that particularly uh, well. And they don't have not to, they have, like, four other movies after this or three.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. We get um, hints of it here. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm uh, hoping yeah. it's going to be explored in depth. In the I am room. also certainly um, hoping so because
1: otherwise, what is the point of doing that? Um, uh, right. I, you know, because um, you do see flashes of him being like a different person with thoughts because he has like a secret son or whatever. Yeah. Um, not even a secret, but you know what I mean? Like a son that he didn't know he had. Um. Yeah. Um, and so like, you know, obviously that it's not particularly groundbreaking drama, but it does lead to some internal drama for him. Um, So, you know, obviously he is somebody different than we saw in the last movie, but it's still like odd that they chose to just like, ah, just make it the same guy, but reincarnated. I'm like, all right, we're doing yeah. that. That's fine. Um
0: there's, there's a lot of choices in this movie. They feel like you know they're they're kind of crazy and off the wall and they you almost feel like that they're they're lazy if they weren't like worked into the fabric of the film so well and i think yeah, that, I mean, there's absolutely that's nothing
1: lazy about this movie i mean that's that's definitely not a, it, what it is <laughs> no, though is this
0: like, film is high effort yeah to um, be clear
1: yeah um i just think that like the first movie, it does so much so well, but the story is just not always up to par with the rest of the movie. I never feel like, like I don't feel anything emotional when I watch this movie. I was like, oh, this looks nice. This is very cool. This is great, but like I didn't like tear up. I want. Not to even in up. the
0: third act, no. the third act is pretty emotional.
1: No, the third act I didn't because Neytiri was pissing me off in the third act, and <laughs> I was like, I was like, I don't know why you're like. Like, I understand you're upset, but we need to calm down out here. And um, Jake Sully was also pissing me off. Everybody was pissing me off by the third act. I was like, what are we doing here? Listen to your son. Like, um, and also Sig- little Sigurney Weaver was like doing things that there was just no explanation for. I was like, what are we, what is she doing? Why is she controlling animals? Um, but like, that's cool too. I, I don't she, need an explanation.
0: She's like the Navi Jesus, basically. Yeah, we don't she's, know. She's... She
1: is because she's like, they're like, oh yeah, she's somehow. We don't know how she was born, but she was. We don't know who the father is. Does she have a father? I don't know.
0: She's um, an immaculately conceived creature. She is. Yeah, uh, she's like. She's a, in tune with Awa more than anyone else.
1: It was it was wild. Um, I you know I look forward to seeing what she does in future. I look forward to to seeing more of these things. It was just the third act. There was like. Not that I need... I, I, what I will say is that the third act was also, like... Everything was very character-driven. So, like, by the time the action was hitting... Like, I actually did understand why people were doing the things they were doing. I didn't always understand how they could. Like, like um, young Sigourney Weaver being able to do what she was doing. But, like, I understood what, you know, what was motivating our individual characters. Um, <clears throat> It doesn't mean I was always, like, rude. I was, like... Natiri was, like... She was, like, very angry about some things. And I was, like, I think you need to take a moment here, Niteri. Um, She was very, very upset. Everybody, like, she was frightening. She was scaring me. Um, um, Jake Sully has been obstinate this whole movie. Just like, oh, I don't want to hurt everyone. And I hate I hate that in a character. Like, oh my gosh, I don't want to be a burden. I don't want to cause pain to people. So we're just gonna run away forever. Shut up. Has that ever worked for anyone in history? No, it hasn't worked for everyone. Well that's
0: that's his journey through this. I know, I know. I'm
1: just saying that for because of that, because it's like these very classic tropes, I didn't really feel much when I was watching it. Like I was like, these are like typical standard journeys and tropes that characters go on in like adventure and fantasy yeah. movies. So yeah. for me, it was like there, like the story wasn't presenting anything that made me feel much. Cause it was like, well, I know like from like 30 minutes in, it was like, well, I know how most of this is going to play out. Like it's, it's pretty apparent, maybe not the specific details of everything, but the general overview of what was going to happen was pretty clear. Uh, I liked when the movie had things that I wasn't expecting. Like, whalers from earth you know or, yes. you know like like that was really cool and that was like different character dynamics that we hadn't seen in the last movie and that i wasn't expecting and i thought were really interesting to explore the
0: whole right. the whole whaling sequence like from getting introduced to the whalers and their operation to getting to see the whole process from beginning to end and the explanation of like why they're hunting these uh the the tolkien which are like the the navi equivalent of whales because they have this substance in them that reverses aging in humans it
1: stops it It, it yeah stops it dead in its tracks which is pretty cool and also was a very like surprise thing i didn't like i was like what the fuck um
0: yeah, I thought that was a very interesting bit of world building. I like that they had like the scientists there who were like begrudgingly helping because like they're there for their research. Otherwise and, they like, weren't getting they, yeah, funded. Yeah, they like, need yeah. this support, but also they're helping kill the animals that they're trying to study. Uh it's very that much that exploring the uh the conflicts of science and industry.
1: Yeah. That whaler's death was maybe the biggest emotional payoff in the in the climate the battle at the end. <laughs> That was, oh, yeah. that was pretty, that was pretty rad. I, my whole auditorium was like, fuck yeah. We were <laughs> cheering for that, definitely. Um, um that, that was worth it. Um, Yeah, I really liked that stuff. I thought that stuff was really interesting. Um, You know, I, I don't know. It was just, it, there. some of the emotional stuff at the end was just, it wasn't working for me. Because I was like, I knew it was so very, like, just very obvious where it was going to go in a lot of ways, but some of it does work. I did like the the son's arc, that not the one who dies, uh, but um, yeah, I can't remember the the name, but the other the son who you know bonds with the whale uh, with the um, um I liked his arc. I thought that was really good and really well done. Um,
0: but yeah, you you're telling me you don't remember Loak's name? Yes. Did the, you just the, look
1: it up so that you could say exactly that? Because there the was other, a, there was a long
0: enough pause. What? No, not at all. The other day we were having this conversation and you pulled Loak out like it was just somebody. I didn't remember
1: Loak that day. I didn't remember Loak this day. Um, but okay. Also, also, y- the other day I knew at least that it wasn't what's his name who bonded with the whale. Cause you said it was Jake Sully. Like <laughs> no, I knew it wasn't I said- him. I well, said, said it his was title. You said his, honor I said
0: word. it was teller. Look
1: which is Jake Sully.
0: <laughs> and that was because um, I didn't remember who it was, but I knew that. And I thought it sounded very avatar. So I used that instead.
1: <laughs> um, Let yeah. me
0: be clear. It's funny to put a bunch of the avatar words all in one sentence together. Oh, it definitely. Is. <laughs> so it sounds right, yeah. like you're doing a dissertation or something. Yes,
1: it is. It is very. Yeah, I agree. That is funny. Um, <laughs> Yes, but I, I just knew it wasn't him. It was not Jake Sully. That's um, true. Yes. Um, so I was like, no way, and that's why I remembered Loak immediately because I was like, no, it wasn't him. So I was thinking of other character names. Um, but yes, I liked Loak's story. I thought that was pretty interesting. It's it again wasn't particularly um earth shattering in terms of like character arcs, but like it, I just thought it was well done, and I thought he, yeah, uh, he was it uh, relatable. Was... So.
0: Yeah, it was kind of like, you know, the typical like outsider kid who wants to prove himself but keeps messing up um, that kind of storyline. But it it went to some interesting places and like his bond with the Tolkien is so cool. And it's like, they good. have, I gotta say the the moment when we, we got subtitled whale speech on oh, the screen, yeah. I was just like, Oh yeah, this is it. <laughs> we're in it now. Um, <laughs> like they were going full crazy with this movie. Yeah. I loved it.
1: Yeah. I did like that. I thought, yeah, I thought, I also thought maybe like his character was just like the most explored generally. Like, um, yeah, no, wait, Nitiri Jake Sully, that there, they were big Fe- they featured heavily in this movie, but we weren't really exploring their like internality the same way. No,
0: no. Malak. Like um, we, we kind of knew their characters and we're following the progression of their journey, but we weren't getting to know them more as characters. Yeah. It, well, yeah. We did get really, to know, learn a lot more about the kids. It's particularly um, Loak. I really thought Loak he, especially. Had, like,
1: the, he was like the main, the primary focus here. Um, in a lot of ways, um, and he, you know, in the end, he sort of like exemplifies the way of water, the best of the of the family here. Um, so um, whatever that means, I don't fucking know what the way of water means. Um, I'm not I'm not a Navi. I can't I can't speak to this. Um, but you know, in in theory, I know. Um, yeah, I don't know. I thought I really liked his story. I thought it was interesting and relatable. Um, so I did like that stuff, and I also liked his friendship with uh, Um I just wanted to see more of the big whale. I was like, come back, come back to us. Um, so, that was exciting every time he did show up. Um, oh, yeah.
0: Every time the big whale was on screen was awesome. Yeah. Big, Especially big when guy. it was kicking ass in the action sequence.
1: Yeah, which is against the Tolkien way. Um, yeah. That, so
0: That's um, why he's the outsider. Yeah, because he
1: fights back. I got to say, seems like a fucked up way to have a society. Oh, we do classical music and, and teach and, and speak, but uh, we can't fight back. All right we need to grow up a little bit here. Um, the people are killing you. Um, so I'm glad that Tolkien presumably will have learned from what happened in this movie. Because yeah. They need to fight back against these whalers. That's ridiculous.
0: Well, I, I think that that is a major theme in this movie that like um, even if you're, you're a peaceful uh, group of people or society or whatever, uh, there's, a, there's a point at which complete pacifism only leads to your own destruction. Well and causes much more suffering.
1: I agree. Yeah, I think I think I think the the question of when to fight back and whether to fight at all is is obviously multiple characters are going through that in this movie. They're they are mm-hmm. asking themselves that question and dealing with it. With the Tolkien, it's kind of like ridiculous. Like they're they're like they're just like should, we should just like let them like kill us, I guess. This is fine. With Jake Sully, at least he's thinking like, well, if i ha- go to war with these people a lot of people are gonna die when i could just go into hiding like you know like it's different L- the Tolkon can't just hide they're being killed regardless like <laughs> you gotta do yeah. something like jake sully is at least like he's thinking about you know the safety of his people and like not starting like a big war the Tolkien are like it's like a question of we are being hunted should we fight back like you're already found. Like you have a yeah. choice. <laughs> they definitely have the most
0: extreme version of that viewpoint. Yeah.
1: Um, so I'm glad they. I hope that you know they need to to step up that game because they do need to fight back. It's ridiculous. They're being killed for like this like test tube size bottle of fluid. Like, come on, come on, kill those humans. Um, you know. Let's go, tolkien I am. It was like when that was also a pretty emotional moment when the Tolkien started fighting back because that was like when the Ents went to war. That I was yes. like, all right, hell yeah, we're doing <laughs> the it. last march of the Ents. <laughs> um, that so, like, there were there were a couple. So all of my big emotional moments in this movie had to do with the Tolkien, I will say, I was like, hell yeah, I'm here for the whales. I want the space sea whales. Let's just keep doing that. I want a movie where they're the main characters. That's what I want.
0: Well- you know what? In James Cam- in James Cameron's universe, we might get that. I know. That <laughs> it could happen.
1: That would be insane. It would cost like two billion dollars just to make. And um so good luck. Right.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um I I guarantee that I don't I don't even know how they made those those whales in CGI. They look so good. They do look good. They too. are amazingly impressive. They look simultaneously like real whales and like a completely alien species, which is a lot of the creatures we get in the Avatar universe. Oh, yeah,
1: yeah. Um, um, you know, it's just very impressive. You know, everybody talks about the technical achievements of an Avatar movie at this point. There, it is extremely impressive. Um, it's it's immersive. It's gorgeous to look at. Um, the high frame rate, you know, could do without. But we live. We live. Yeah. We yeah, that was, um,
0: that was kind of a mixed... Um, a mixed thing for me. I was like, you know, like I kind of appreciate what they're going for. Uh, and it's, it is interesting that he used it specifically to highlight certain sequences. I do right. feel like it worked more sometimes than it did others. Like yeah, it was absolutely. kind of a mixed bag. Um, sometimes it there, does
1: feel like you're watching a video game cutscene. That's life. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah. And, well. and especially the way that it cut back and forth between the two frame rates. There were times that right. it felt like, oh, you just finished your action sequence and now you're watching the cutscenes. Right. Like, <laughs> you
1: could tell when something had changed, just like you can when you're playing a video game. It's like, oh, we've entered a new moment. Something is happening. Uh, yeah.
0: So, yeah, but in a way, in a way, that kind of made it more immersive because you felt like you were playing a video game, but you're not, but you like, you feel like you're in it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I kind of agree. Um, it was I mean, wi- like, it the- wasn't like bad. It was just like, it was noticeable. And I don't know that he necessarily wanted it to be noticeable in the way that it was, but, but you know, that's, yeah. Um, so, cause I, I think if you asked James Cameron what he wanted, it would have been like seamless immersion. Like that's what he wants out of these movies. Um, so anything that takes you out of it, I think he probably is not going for that. Um, you know, anything that makes you think, Oh, this is a movie. He's probably, you know, that's not his goal <laughs> with these movies. It's pretty clear. It's like all about full immersion.
0: Yeah. Um, but also I do feel like the avatar in a way sort of plays with your perception of immersion, like your awareness of when you're immersed and when you're not. It's kind of tied into the whole idea of like stepping into the avatar body, moving into a different reality and way of seeing, I feel like also more so the in the film, first movie. But yeah, yeah, yeah it the, was the more second
1: movie. There's not a lot of that going on.
0: Anymore. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, we don't get as much like pairing with the avatars in this one. They like very briefly uh, hint to the fact that, you know, some of the scientists from the first movie have stayed on and are still pairing with their avatars. But mostly we're just seeing humans versus Navi in this one. Um, but but yeah, I think I think that there there is some sort of like playing with, with your perception there. And it's not always strictly immersive. Sometimes it's like making you aware of the artifice of immersion around you. If that makes any sense.
1: It does. I, I again thought, thought I got that more from the first movie, but I can see it in this one too.
0: Um, It, it's it's so, it's so crazy too like sitting sitting there in the in the theater for like three hours with the the imax glasses on your head and everything and staring up at this huge screen and then like after after it cuts to the credits you suddenly realize like oh like i'm here well I'm actually, it wasn't but when like, it cut uh, to
1: the credits it was when the weekend's voice started singing i was like oh fuck. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah i'm uh, <laughs> i'm on earth <laughs> um, <laughs> all right the weekend exists in this universe yeah that that was when it that
1: was when i had that moment um but yes no i agree i agree i i see what you're saying um but yeah but i mean the technical achievement here is just like pretty pretty impressive regardless um, yeah even it's... even if i even if there are some quibbles with the high frame rate thing um the, the the movie generally speaking is one of the most impressive technical feats you're going to see um yeah uh
0: the animation like even makes the last movie look bad by comparison and the last movie still looks like flawless even for great, yeah. 2009 yeah. being recently, watched today
1: you know everybody was re-watching this movie the, the first movie before the new one I saw somebody rewatch it on Letterboxd and their review was like one star. And I was like, you know, it looked shitty at the time and it looks bad now. And I'm like, that's just like patently false. You're just like <laughs> being mean to be mean.
0: Like, no way. I, like, yeah. I
1: hated the first movie when I first saw it, but it had nothing to do with the technical stuff. I was like, it looks great. I just think the story is boring as shit. Like, um, and I still kind yeah. of think the story is boring as shit, but I can appreciate technical achievements more now than I than I did. could then.
0: And that's um, fair, yeah. But there's no, there's no way anyone in 2009 was like, Psh, yeah, exactly. this looks like garbage. Well, you're
1: like, fucking lying because you don't want to go with the the like the you don't want to be a bandwagon person. That's what you're doing.
0: Yeah, um, it's still like the one of the high watermarks for absolutely. CGI animation, absolutely. and this one just completely goes above and beyond to set an entirely yeah. new standard. I mean, like, just especially anything in the water just look so looks so beautiful and so incredible yeah. especially diving under the water like all those sequences the way that you float around in there it feels so real Yeah. to like like being actually under the water and everything flows just the right way moves just the way it's supposed to um it's gorgeous it's, i
1: can't wait for the next sequel when it's in the fireland i know everybody's joking <laughs> about it but wait yeah. for the fire to like blow your mind
0: um oh that's going to be crazy you know um you're gonna have to see that one in 40x then you can it's gonna <laughs> actual fire it comes out at
1: christmas time and it's like make sure you wear shorts and a t-shirt because you're in 40x it's gonna be hot um yeah um but yeah no the water looked just like gorgeous i'd honestly i want like another movie set with the water the water group um i want i want more with them i just want to see more of the water stuff um yeah it was just so pretty it was so nice um
0: I did think it was cool. We got introduced to like an entirely new race of Navi in here, and also like introduced to the idea that there are different kinds of Navi that live in different parts yeah, we're, of Pandora. We're world
1: building, we're expanding. Um, you know that wasn't clear from the last movie. Um, so now it's like it's cool to think that there's like just like a massive world. There's like so much that they can still um do, and they make fun of one another for their differences. Um, yeah. Um, and they they have like like they are different like the 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 Na'vi who live in the water you know they have like different tails that are designed to help them in the water their their hands are different you know it's just everything's different because they're they're designed to, you know they have to live with the water um yeah and cool. once again
0: cool. Jake Sully is like the fish out of water well actually the really. whole family is the is the yeah. fish out of water here his, they, his they have family. demon
1: hands I will never get over the demon hands when everybody was like, they've got the hands of the demon. And I was like, all right, we need to calm down. Just attack. Well,
0: here. to be fair, like if you if if you were the Navi and the sky people oh, no, 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 come no. down. Absolutely.
1: I get it. Sorry. I'm not I'm not actually judging anything. It was just very funny that it was like their hands that like were like, see, <laughs> they're not yeah. even Navi. I was like, their hands.
0: Uh, um, yeah sometimes yeah.
1: humans are born without like a fifth finger on one hand so i don't think of them as demons gotta say um but yeah
0: but, it, for, but for, from their perspective like you know the 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 sky people come down and wreak havoc on pandora for years finally like they get fought back but they've brought in these creatures that look like them but aren't them and actually aren't alive? They're connected to the sky people, and they're being puppeted around by the sky people. And now, like people who look like that are living among them.
1: Yeah, no, it's <laughs> fucked up. It's fucked up. Um, they, I you would control, think like, that
0: was like the mark of the beast. Basically. I would, I
1: absolutely would, and I would think it's a fucked up practice. It's like a truly like. Bizarre reality that like these 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 people are living through. Um, so I'm not I'm not judging them. It's just again very funny that it's like their hand that that d- does them in. It's like oh look they have the they have the demon hand. I'm like I can't believe it's the hand. This is what carries over from the human the human side. It's the hand. Um yeah, but um it was very funny. Opposable thumbs, opposable thumbs. Um always always the mark of humanity, right? Um so. But they, you know, they have the human hands. So then, the 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 water the water group doesn't like them. The water clan is uh, is upset about that. But they take them in. They do take Jake Sully's family in because the leader is like, you know what? He's called for. What's the word for what he calls for? Um, It's basically like he's asking for shelter, um, like and to be hidden. Um, And that's like a like he invokes a certain right. And so it's like you have to do this. You know, like you you can't you can't not do that. Now it's like in Game of Thrones when you call out trial by combat like you you fucking got to do it now buddy (laughs) um so um you know um yeah so they they get to live they get to live in the water um for a while honestly i will say though like they're 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 like oh we don't like our new house when they first see it um because it's just like an open air tent like there's no like real like like privacy or anything i'm like i don't know i'd like this either um i get that um so it takes some adjustment for them um
0: yeah, they're used to living in the in the forest with stuff all around them, yeah. protecting them, hiding caves.
1: them. they you know, and they're in the in the in their home base. Once they were like, you know, for a while was up in the um the 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 floating mountains. So um you know they were they were up there. That's like very secure. Um, but then you know they had to leave um to protect their family, um which I guess I understand. Um, although I suspect that they'll go back in the new movie. I mean that's what it seems like. Um so unless they're just going to keep Jake Sully and his family is just going to wander around Pandora and just meet the different groups, keep hiding one by one. Um, <laughs> um But it's kind of like when you're playing like The Legend of Zelda and you have like the forest temple and the water temple and the fire temple and then like, yeah. he's going to yeah, like eventually it'll be, like the shadow temple and the, like I'll be like what's going on at this point in Pandora. Um but I, you know, that's that's kind of what I feel like the movies are, are happening right now because um, there's so many still to go. Um,
0: yeah, yeah I'm welcome more world five building. of these. Mm. The world
1: building is, you know, always fun. I like that stuff. Um, as somebody who's very into like fantasy and stuff, I like I like big world building. So um, I will welcome it with open arms. Um, I just need them to come up with like a new plot for the new movie. Like I get it but we've got to not do like the exact same thing again. So we, we've really, we've done it twice now. So we've got to, got to come up with something new, James. I I mean it. Um, (laughs) uh.
0: Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Well, like I said, I, it it feels like that this movie here is just like the, the opening chapters to like a big saga, right? Like the first movie is like the backstory, really. It's like the Silmarillion or something. And, This is like the first, the real first opening section of a grand saga. And we're just getting, um, you see (laughs) Jake Sully opening his eyes at the, at the end of the movie. You're, you're aware that like, he's ready to fight. He's starting something now. And like his journey has only just begun
1: well it's like when you just watched saw for the first time and then you watch saw Two, and it begins laying all the groundwork for all the crazy shit that's going to come in <laughs> <and> crazy, <Kevin.
0: laughs> um, you know um, it is it is exactly like it's exactly that. like, this like is the
1: saw franchise the, yeah. the, the the first
0: one didn't do very much world building the second one was the one that really laid the groundwork just yep. like this here we just are
1: like this um but no, I agree. I, I do think that the new movies will go in like different directions. Cause again, this one did feel like, like a, a, a soft reset of the franchise, a franchise that was only one movie old. So, um, but that movie has such a, it has, it, it occupies such a space in like pop culture and like film, you know, um, and like our collective minds about, about those worlds. Um, you know, um, so it, it kind of needed a soft reset at this point after how long it'd been, um you couldn't just make like a straight up sequel. (laughs) Um, Like you kind of needed something to be like, okay, and now we're going to do this and we're going in this, this direction with the world and we're, we're rebuilding from here. You kind of needed to do that
0: at this point. Yeah. Um, Well, especially if you're going to sell people on the idea that you're going to make like four more of these movies after this, you really need a, need a hook, need, need some sort of promise that there's going to be more that'll be revealed down the line.
1: And so, um, the next movie isn't going to take as long, right? Like they've already, like it's going to be. They've already,
0: they've already shot, shot the it. the last one. Yeah. They need to, you know, do all the CGI of and course, editing. Of course,
1: as we all learned from Edie Falco's comments about filming this, uh, the Avatar of the Way of Water, she filmed it so long ago, she thought it'd come <laughs> out and flop.
0: She thought it came out already. That's so crazy. Um,
1: so honestly, it could still take forever. I just got to say, James Cameron, don't do the George R.R. Martin thing. Don't do it. Don't fucking do this, um, I will lose my mind if there's like multiple franchises where that's happening at the same time. Um, it's not uncommon in like big big fantasy type franchises, I guess, but still, like we don't do that, so move quickly, move quickly,
0: yeah, um, yeah I think I think we're definitely like there's gonna be a long post production period, but they they shot these first two or these second two and three, yes. On, uh, like, back-to-back so that they could make this turnaround shorter. Right. It so, won't be the yeah.
1: same fucking 13 years or 14 years or whatever the fuck. Yeah. Because yeah. that was ridiculous. We can't do that again. Um, so, uh, not if you want people to, like, care, like, forever. You know, like, people still cared about this one. I think people would stop caring if the next sequel took, like, a decade. Um, so, Um. Yeah. All in all, though, I thought it was a good movie, Um, and I I liked many elements of it. Um, I thought it was was great. It was really fun to watch. Um, You know, even if the story wasn't, like, whenever the story didn't do it for me, I could just, like, look at it, and it was pretty. And I was like, that's nice. Um, You know, not a, a lot of movies that I think the story isn't great. I don't have that luxury. I'm like, that's all I'm stuck with. Um, In this movie, there's so much going on that like, you know, even if I'm like, all right, I know where this is going. It's like, there's so much just to look at and visually relish that it, it, that it's okay.
0: Now this movie actually did like get me much more interested in the story than the the last one did. I'm I'm more interested in seeing Jake Sully's journey, especially with, you know, all of his kids there now. Well, it got me more interested in the world i didn't
1: think the story of this movie itself was more or less interesting than the first one it was like the same level of interest you know like enough to keep me like i'm watching the movie and i'm enjoying it you know um Mm -hmm. it's just like nothing where i'm like like i was never surprised by any plot developments not that i need to be surprised but everything was like oh yeah that's you know um other than again those whalers i really wasn't expecting them i was like oh okay but um um, you know, even then it was kind of clear how they were going to factor into the overall picture. Um, but right, um, yeah. Um, but that's okay. That's you know, it's not the end of the world. I'm just you know, it was like just interesting enough to keep me hooked to keep going. I was never like bored. Um, so that was nice. Um, I would love to see them like do something like genuinely like. Different or surprising or exciting with the, the plot in the next movie. Um, that would be nice. You know, it's nice that it's always the visuals are there to fall back on, but I would like to see like a story that like actually like wows me. Um, but um you know, I think that could happen. I think it's a possibility. Um, so. But I'm definitely more interested in the world building now because I, I feel like this opened up the door for new ideas uh, for the the world of Pandora, and I think that's yeah. exciting. I think that's Absolutely. the most exciting thing to come out of this. Because um, the last, I mean, honestly, after the last one, I kind of thought the whole world was just like forest. You know, I thought that was just Pandora. right.
0: Right. Like now that <laughs> now that we know that there's there's oceans too, that like well how many other kinds of areas are there like what what other lands can you discover on on pandora it's endless this is like people said after the last one like oh god like when the movie ends you really just want to be back on pandora this is the first time i really felt like that i was like wow like i just want to find out so much more about like all the different lands that are out there i want to go exploring and see all that exists on pandora yes like that that made it a really much more exciting. The fact that like we're, we're getting our first glimpse of a completely different part of Pandora. So now it's like, what else is out there?
1: Right. Who knows? Right. We've
0: got several more movies to see. And like, now I'm like really excited for them.
1: Yeah. There's just so much, there's so many different cool things that they could do, like to explore different cultures of Pandora and like the different geographical areas of Pandora, you know, sky's the limit here. James Cameron could do a whole lot. Um, So it'd be really cool to see um, how that, how that goes and what, what develops, you know, Um, I, I'm excited. That's definitely the most, uh, you know, uh, like when I'm, again, like when I'm reading a fantasy book, sometimes the most exciting thing is just pouring over the maps. You know, sometimes that's all I want. I want a world built. I want to see, I want to see the cool shit that exists here. Um, Yeah. So um, it, as long as there's that, I'll still be happy. (laughs) But um, again, I would like a a slightly more dazzling story for me, but um, you know, Beggars can't be choosers, I guess. Um, not that I'm a beggar. There's lots of stuff, but,
0: um, yeah. but you're you're out there begging always. Me begging for James, <laughs> please, James Cameron,
1: please, please. Um, but you know, it's just cool that we get to to live in a world where somebody's making pretty cool, exciting, immersive movies like this. Um,
0: yeah, so I mean, exciting. there's just nothing else like it. This is completely just high up like over the top blockbuster level exploration of a fantasy world like this. Uh, There's just no other series out right now. That's doing it like this.
1: Absolutely not. No, no. Um, This is like definitely the, uh, the high watermark for blockbusters and, and, you know, fantasy epics and sci-fi epics um, right now. Um, So good for James Cameron. I mean, of course he Hmm. would be, you know, it would be him, but
0: we haven't even talked about the kid with dreadlocks in this movie. <laughs>
1: oh. Oh my god! <laughs> the human kid. There's yeah. a
0: human child in this uh, movie.
1: Spider. Um yeah. look, I Spider I had mixed thoughts on Spider overall. I mean, I liked him. Like he was like I didn't want anything bad to happen to him. But he was kind of like hey, like the I don't know, like fucking Tarzan of the Navi. I was like, All right. yeah, like <laughs> basically, he's like
0: he he's one of the humans that was left behind because he can't go in a cryo chamber back to Earth because he was too and young. so, yeah. yeah, and so he's he's raised by Jake Sully and becomes part of his family. No, uh,
1: that's kind of wait, that's not quite true because he's raised with the Navi, but he also has like humans that he spends a lot of time with. Right? Okay. And yeah, Materi but he- doesn't like him. And that is a big plot point that is the reason I was saying that she was like frightening in the final the final act of this movie. Because she like I I didn't know what she was gonna do to spider there for a few minutes there. I was like, Are we about to get real dark here? She's like, (laughs) she's like Catelyn Stark looking down at Jon Snow from the oh my god yes like yes she's like that fucking is,
0: that is exactly <laughs> the relationship here um and it's crazy well because she
1: doesn't need to have that relationship because he's not like the bastard child of Jake Sully she's just like being mean because he's a human
0: no uh, yeah but like yeah like she has reason to distrust humans shall of course we say. she
1: does but Jake Sully is and... a human
0: yeah So. yeah exactly so like but you can see like she's conflicted about this and spider is also somewhat conflicted because you know well, he's raised around the navi so spider but...
1: is spider's struggle i thought was more realized unfortunately as is a tendency with james cameron i don't think he explores natiri well enough to really get the conflict that she's experiencing because i think she's supposed to but a lot of times we just see her either angry or crying and we don't really get to see like any like real exploration of her feelings it's just like she's angry about something or she's crying because she misses her her family and friends back home i I would have loved it if we'd explored her thoughts more like because i didn't really yeah. think we got to yeah. see the conflict that she was obviously feeling um fully realized um again that's like a i'm not the first to say it. that's a james cameron thing with with women characters um he does tend to struggle with that but um you know I I wish we'd seen more of that because the way it came across is like, there are moments in the movie where she just is like fury and rage. And it's like, Whoa, where's this coming from? You can sort of put the pieces together, but like, I, you know, it's not really laid out well enough. I thought, Um, but it, it's understandable. She has a distrust of humans, but like she raised this human, like, like she had a massive role in raising it. Um, You know, you'd think she would, she would understand some of that. It would have been nice to see more about why she can't, trust a human that she's been raising basically since birth, you know, and who has been with her kids since birth, you know? Um, Cause she's kind of mean to this, this boy. <laughs> so, um, but you know,
0: well, she also, she does know that he's the son of yes. the, uh, the Colonel. Okay. Who that's also, not an
1: excuse either. I don't hold somebody's father against them. No,
0: of course, of course not. But like you, all these, th- these little things sort of pile up and she also knows that, uh, that the uh avatar version of the colonel has some uh feelings towards spider even though he like to him it's just a m- implanted memory okay that's at of the his end son.
1: but i'm talking about also at the beginning when she's mean to spider and the avatar version of the colonel doesn't exist yet for all she Okay can. okay true yeah. true <laughs> fair She's okay. she Catelyn just... stark to his john snow from the beginning before the colonel is back in the picture um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it, I think it, it, there is, there's the groundwork there for it to be understandable. I just wish the movie had done more to explore that because as is, I can come away from it and just think she's like being mean for no reason. Right.
0: Like, I I do. I'm hoping that we're going to get more exploration of that, especially because, you know, spider saves the, the villain, in this one so clearly he has yeah. some that's setting up some con- conflicted yeah. feelings and we're definitely going to get more exploration of that and he like his loyalties are going to be tested is yeah. he more on the human side or on the navi side we'll, well find he, out
1: i don't think he's ever going to be on, i don't know i don't know we'll see we'll see yeah he'll have to figure that out that's not for me to answer yet um um i think he saved the way i read it was like a, you know he's like okay I saved you this one time. Now we're even moving on.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, that's how
1: I sort of read that ending, but who knows he's it's hard to have, it, you know, father, son relationships are hard and they're especially hard when you didn't know your father your whole life. Like that's, that's a difficult relationship to navigate. Um, so um, also in this instance, his father is a Navi at this point, something that spider very obviously wishes he were as well. Yeah. So that's yeah. also like an additional layer of just like how com- complex that relationship is. Like he sees this Na'vi that looking up to him it's like, "Oh, my father is a Na'vi." You know, in in a kid's mind, that's got to be doing something when you want wish you were a Na'vi as well. Um. Yeah. So it's it's
0: I, the version of his father that he he wants that he thinks he If he can he look at it and law. shut
1: down what the colonel has done, like just forget that. Exactly. It's like it's like that's what I want my father to be. I want him to be a Na'vi. Um, but then he has to remember that he's the colonel and that's, uh, it's just this whole thing. Um, so I don't envy whatever mental gymnastics that poor kid is going through right now. Um, cause that's a lot. That's a, that's a really difficult um, situation for him to be in. Um, also he's a person with feelings. He probably doesn't want to just like let people die if he has a chance to not i mean i can't no. imagine um, no i,
0: I mean you, you can see there's him... a lot of
1: mass death in these movies that where the people look take unflinchingly but like it's like you know you know you've spoken to this person you probably don't want to just let someone die
0: um, yeah well one of my favorite moments for his character is when um the the military navi has come in and they're um they're hurting the animals to to get information out of a different tribe of the ocean Navi to try to find out where Jake Sully is. And he's, he's tra- spiders translating for them. And you can see that he's like, he's very distressed by all that's going on. And he's trying to like explain to them, like, you can't do this. This is like, this is a horrible torture to them. The, the stuff that you're doing to the animals and he feels a bit guilty that he's like somehow helping them, even as he's trying to uh, prevent as much damage as he can.
1: Right. Yeah. I, at that moment. Yeah. Th- that stood out. I mean, the kid, he was in, in a bad situation there. Yeah. <laughs> he's obviously pained by what he's having to do. And, you know, that's his dad doing these terrible things to people that he cared, you know, the, 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 the people that he grew up with, you know? Um, yeah. Um, and that that's hard for him, but it's also his dad, um, which is also hard. But it's also like not his dad. That's the other confusing thing. It's actually just an upload of his dad's like files. Um, so that like it's also it's all very confusing for a kid, I would think. You know? Um, yeah. Um, that that's a lot, and hopefully we'll explore some more of that in in coming movies. Because um, you know we got we we spent a fair amount of time with Spider in this movie, but. Um, we didn't really have to explore his like internal conflicts too much. Cause it was just like obvious what his conflicts were. You know what I mean? Like, it was like, you don't need to explore this. Cause it's just like, it's palpable. We all know, like, it, right. you know, you're a kid, this is your dad. And, but the Navi are your people. Like it, that's hard. That's a difficult situation. It would be nice to see uh, Like have the movie explore the more complex nature of what he's, he's dealing with now. Um, Cause that's hard. I don't know what I would do in that situation. Um, Although, the Colonel's a real piece of shit, so hard to say. Um,
0: yeah, yeah, and who and knows? Maybe we'll, <laughs> maybe we'll see the more of the Colonel's internal conflict as well. Well, I we think will we... see
1: more of the Colonel, because James Cameron has said the Colonel is like supposed to be like the main villain of the, of the franchise. Um, yeah. So, uh, we're going to see more of him, and if he doesn't have more internal conflict, then he's a pretty boring-ass villain.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't think we, James we... Cameron
1: would do quite that. Um,
0: we demand more internal conflict. Cameron doesn't it.
1: do like the most complex plot and character motivations ever, but like he doesn't just leave them to be like nothing. <laughs> so, yeah. Um you know, I'm sure there'll be, there'll be something there. Um, I think there already is. I mean, it's the sun factor, something about having a kid, man, suddenly you have a kid and now you're like, ah, oh, shit. Um, <laughs> so, um, he, Kids he's change actually, everything. They're actually in part four. He's gonna like watch his son grow up, and Phil Collins is gonna do the music. It's gonna be Tarzan. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm just gonna
0: completely change genres. It's just gonna be. They'll actually Tarzan. Phil Collins
1: won't even have to redo the music. They're gonna just use the soundtrack from Tarzan.
0: Perfect. Yeah. Um, I mean, Strangers why, like why me duplicate? Will
1: be featured heavily in the movie. They'll swing. They'll swing through the forest of Pandora while "Strangers Like Me" plays, and um the Jake Sully children will sing trash in the camp. It's all it's all going to happen. <laughs> oh boy. Um, and right. then they'll just be able to do, they'll do a combined Tarzan and world of Pandora world at Disney's animal kingdom in Orlando, Florida.
0: There you go. That's, that's the long plan there. They, it's all been a they're... long
1: con to get more Disney's animated Tarzan into the, into the parks.
0: We're, we're going with a parks first attitude of, storytelling here
1: well the parks are my favorite thing about disney so i wish they would go with a, a I, parks first. I agree <laughs> yeah
0: um, the entire time i was watching this i was like "Ooh, how how are they going to incorporate this yeah into they absolutely Animal Kingdom? I, by the
1: end of the avatar franchise there's actually just going to need to be a world of pandora standalone park um <laughs> because they're going to need the forest part the water part whatever happens with fire and volcanoes uh god only knows um <laughs> you know and then they whatever should. else they have there's do probably that. a desert part of pandora out there like who the fuck knows
0: the uh, desert part is just dune like it's, it's just going to be dune
1: <laughs> dune part 2 is actually revealed to be an avatar sequel you're going to close in gonna... the closing credits you like it's like a mid credit sequence marvel style and jake sully walks on screen like, oh my god <laughs> and he's towering over timothy chalamet like hey <laughs> 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 we're putting a team together. Oh my god, I would <laughs> I think I would probably cry laughing. Um <laughs> if like any any such like rev- no, uh-uh, no. Um but yeah, um long story short, Avatar The World of Pandora Pandora the World of Avatar, whatever it's called, at Animal Kingdom, it's going to need to be enhanced and they need to work on that. Chop chop, let's go. Oh you yeah. You know what they should do? They
0: should add like a wave pool. Um, <laughs> like a like a water country USA yeah. um,
1: they, they should totally add Disney World does have its water parks like Blizzard Beach and Typhoon Lagoon they should totally add a water park that's the, oh the way of water yeah. uh, avatar of the way of do.
0: water park.
1: yeah that's what they should do
0: all right um, that's great you know what I think they should have rides and everything
1: so then they could do all the other nautical theme they should just do a nautical theme park I don't fucking know and one section is Avatar. Um, well, they
0: have Typhoon Lagoon. They could just retheme that. Yeah,
1: they should retheme that. I love Typhoon Lagoon, though. Um, big big fan. As a kid, I was like, hell yeah, this is great. Also, Blizzard Beach, big fan. Um, um yeah but they should totally do that that's what they should do I've made my I'm putting my foot down Disney um,
0: <laughs> that that's your your blue sky concept is yes. the uh, and then an they can Avatar take Water volcano Park.
1: the blast coaster from Kings Dominion in Virginia <laughs> and move that there and use that for whatever happens with volcanoes and fire and then
0: <laughs> they should we need that ride back that ride so, was fucking yeah. awesome so yeah I'm in favor of that all right well theme parks aside <laughs> uh, yeah Let's um, talk about the Fablemans. The Fablemans. I, I don't know how much I have to say about this. It's been a while since I've seen this movie now, but I technically I have, have seen that about... more
1: recently than I've seen Avatar: The Way of Water.
0: Yeah, that is By a few that hours. The...
1: Um, I loved the Fablemans, <laughs> so let's start there. Loved it. Oh yes, loved it. Absolutely totally loved excellent. it. Um, so good. Big fan. Um. I just thought it was moving. I I thought it was it was really exceptionally put together. Um, that's not shocking. Um, it is a Spielberg movie. Um, mm-hmm. I just thought it, it felt genuine. It was very funny. Um, um, I love Paul Dano. I wish he were my oh. father.
0: Um, <laughs> he's incredible in everything. Um,
1: you know, I just I loved it. I thought it was great.
0: Um, it's it's part of one of my favorite subgenres of movies, which is the making art is actually kind of fucked up genre. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> when it explored that, I really liked it. You
1: know, um, I thought, I thought that was really cool too. I agree. Um, yeah. I don't know. I just really like this movie. I'm pulling out my, my notes on this movie.
0: I, I think it's so as we've, I think mentioned before on the podcast at some point, this is um, Spielberg's sort of semi autobiographical film about his childhood and uh, like his, the situation with his parents and their divorce and him learning about filmmaking and wanting to become a filmmaker.
1: Right? No, it definitely is. Yes. Um, and that's all, you know, lots of people are talking about that. Um, it is. Yeah and it's just so um it's sweet it's earnest and there's um i mean also we are film people on this on this podcast i think probably safe to say we both see some some things to relate to and the way this Absolutely. kid becomes obsessed yeah. with movies um you know um, i just love it i um, it's very it's very fun to watch um, yeah and and it's a hanukkah movie
0: House it is a hanukkah, is a hanukkah movie? movie yes absolutely
1: um love that um yeah all in all just like great stuff all around um
0: uh and you'd be tempted to think that this is you know it's it's a movie about a budding filmmaker and how in steven spielberg no less it, it's gonna be all about the magic of the movies and like wow the movies have just like the bright lights and everything, they get this kid excited about film, but it's not like that at all. It's like, it's kind of dark and sad in a lot of places. And it, it's questioning, like, is, is this relationship with film and filmmaking healthy all the time? Maybe not. Like there's, there's many points in this film where it's like, you know, to be an artist, you kind of have to be kind of a distant weirdo who's sort of detached from their own life and the things happening around them and yeah. the people around them, and um, and you use cinema as sort of like a coping mechanism with not being able to handle the real world all the time, and um, I think that that's very well explored in the opening bits of the movies, which is like the, the only time we see Spielberg, like go to a movie theater and experience cinema on the big screen for the first time. Um, yeah. When he goes and sees the train crash and then tries to recreate it at home on his own with his little train set and the camera. Yeah. Uh, and it's about making it less scary for him because he can experience it through cinema again yeah. and again.
1: It's a way of coping with the world. You know, Um he, to make it less scary. You know, when I was watching that the literal first thing that came to mind, I was like, Oh my God, this is like if Bruce Wayne didn't have such a bad time at the movies. Um,
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> Oh God. Um, yeah. Um, hey um, buddy, it could have been worse.
1: <laughs> I, th- I think Paul Dano's presence triggered the Batman thought, but like, um, Oh yeah. Like, um, but like that was literally the first thing I thought I was like, I was like, Holy shit. Like Bruce Wayne could have had this. Um, but instead of course he had a different thing and he had to have a different coping mechanism um i but i do like thinking of that like like film becomes his coping mechanism and as such he ha- he he does i mean he has a lot of, i mean it's not like this isn't a movie where it's like oh if you're an artist you have to be like a terrible person who's an asshole and stand off and she has a lot of relationships but he is yeah. in a lot of ways um separate and isolated sometimes just because he has to spend time working on movies he's editing he's doing this stuff and like in a way it, d- it does separate you. Um, and you do, you kind of have to be separate. I mean, I just think about as somebody who writes, I mean, to be an observer, you kind of have to not be in the thick of things. Sometimes that's like, kind of just how it works. Um, you know, like right. to, to create things, sometimes you do have to be distinct from, you know, or not distinct from, but like separate from like the people that you love and things like that. And it, it can be an isolating experience and it, it, it can be difficult. Um, but it's also necessary if you're somebody who is driven to, to create those things, because that's how, that is how you like understand the world and cope with it. Um, Yeah.
0: In in one of the most fantastical scenes of the movie, um, in the midst of an argument between his parents in front of the whole family, um, the, the Steven Spielberg standing character imagines himself filming the argument and moving around to different angles. Um, and it's just like, he's mentally distancing himself from this traumatic event that's happening in front of him uh, through the lens of the camera. Right.
1: I think that's right. I think, I think, um, that is one of the most telling scenes in the movie because even when he can't actively like be working on film at that moment, as a means of coping, he's like thinking about how he would do it. That's how he's dealing with it. He's like, well, how would I film this? How would I, how would I shoot this? How would this play out on camera which is just so telling um especially you know knowing that this movie is a spielberg movie it's like you know he does film like heavy scenes like that you know like he has used moments like that in his life as as um informative of how to shoot things Um, yeah
0: and and like you can see right here i mean like this is a film that itself is informed by the traumatic events in his life and he would only be able to do that if he'd been like paying attention at the time, mentally sort of taking notes about how (laughs) this would be filmed. So it's really the, you're seeing the end results here of a certain way of viewing the world, which I think is just so fascinating. It is. Yeah. It really like an incredibly in depth look into the mind of the person making the film to the extent that uh, I don't think I've ever seen before. Right.
1: Yeah. I just thought it was yeah I really 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 enjoyed it um, it was so, it was, just very interesting as a Spielberg movie like even just on its own but also as a movie a Spielberg movie about Spielberg movies um, and about the creation of Spielberg um, what a cool cool movie to be making at this point in, in his career um, I think yeah. that's, I think that's really awesome um, and it's not I have to imagine it's not easy at this point in a career to be making something that's like heavily autobiographical in some ways um even if like the specific plot points aren't like you know the the overall themes and stuff you know um that it's not easy to do um i wouldn't say spielberg is the most um forthcoming person with his personal life um i don't know much about him really um no you know
0: yeah um, he's not like like one of those people who's in the tabloids yeah or something he's a Big name, but basically you just know him for his work.
1: Right. So I have to imagine it's not like the easiest decision to, to decide. I'm going to put this out there. And when I do, everyone's going to know, well, this is about me. Um, you know, yeah. and, um, so, you know, I, kudos to him for that. Because um, I think it, it really has paid off. I think this is a wonderful film. Um, it's a wonderful film about filmmaking. Um, I love movies about movie making. Um, I think that's super cool. I think that's exciting. Um, And I think he does it really well. You know, it strikes me that another movie that really explores how isolating being a filmmaker can be is the Blair, Witch project Um,
0: (laughs) (laughs) physically isolating in a way, but
1: also Heather in that movie, like her whole thing is like, she's, I, I want to film. That's all I have. That's what I have. That's what I have. And like, that's sort of what Spielberg's character was, you know, the character who is Spielberg in this um, is, is dealing with uh, Sammy. He's like, you Mm -hmm. know, like that's what I have to get me through. This is like, filmmaking and thinking about movies um heather and the blair witch project has the same same experience <laughs> unfortunately she um has a worse outcome but um, it is funny i also liked that this movie got in um like classic high school movie tropes towards the end i thought that was really fun um and the, the scenes with like um sammy's christian girlfriend were like the funniest scenes yeah um, there's a lot of funny awesome.
0: moments in um, this movie even though like it can be sad and like it's emotional but it's downright...
1: largely funny i would
0: say yeah i think it's a really a, funny movie there's an awful lot of humor in it yeah. um and that's you know that that really lightens up things it could be like it kind of a a movie that has a lot of bleakness in it
1: i mean there's Um, serious subject matter but it's it's spielberg he's really good at like balancing you know laughs with i mean because that's just life too right like just because you're going through something bad like there's there's funny shit happening too um like when um i i think i have thought a lot about the scene where like uh, what are they fighting about um they're fighting about something they've moved into the home in california um and they're fighting about something. And Michelle Williams just in the background stands up, and she's like, "I saw. I booked an appointment with a therapist today. <laughs> and it, it was so funny.
2: You're um, like, oh, all
1: right. Well, it was like she's like, cheer for me. This is exciting. We're all happy, right? Because she's been fucking going through it, and she definitely ah. needed a therapist. <laughs> um, it was just a very funny moment." Um, they're like you know uh, but it's also like deeply sad cuz she's trying to see a therapist cuz she's struggling in her marriage and in her life um it's not really her fault um you know there there's that's another nice thing this movie um a lesser movie would have made Michelle Williams's character a villain um and she's not here um she's completely understandable um
0: yeah i think both of both of his parents come off as very sympathetic even like though they do not get along and they they have a lot of problems between them right um yeah that he he clearly has a lot of love for both of his parents absolutely and you can see how they've both like greatly shaped who he is as an artist
1: right i think you're right yeah um and I really appreciated that. You know, I thought they were both just so um, well-formed characters who I understood uh, completely. I loved Michelle Williams in this. Um, she was so funny and real um, and sad, but also, like, brave at the end. You know, she was like, I'm just going to do my thing. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go after who I love. Somehow, against all odds, I've fallen in love with Seth Rogen. So I'm going for Seth Rogen. Um um
0: sometimes the strangest things happen
1: you know? <laughs> the heart wants what it wants um michelle Williams at the end of this movie was like i have died every day waiting for no you. <laughs> <not> <laughs> no no um, um but i mean honestly that's kind of true in this case um she has been suffering because she wanted to be with him and she wasn't um so yeah um i really i really appreciated her character um i love paul dano's character too um but you know that's just because i love paul dano um um, but I, I really thought Michelle Williams's character was deeply relatable and really interesting um, and such a good force. I mean, Paul Dano's character was like the, the force for like the technical aspects of filmmaking for um, Sammy, but yeah. Michelle Williams was like the emotional core. She was like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. she was like, you know what? You got to do what your heart wants. Um, <laughs> um, Cause at the end of the day, that's all you've got. And I I think Sammy's character really takes that to heart um you know it's like i want to do this and also i've got to use heart in my filmmaking you know he he can't just be a movie maker who's filming things and not caring about the subjects or what's going on you know he learns from his mother like you know there's got to be heart in everything you do um and that i mean if there's any filmmaker that's good at putting heart into anything he does it's steven spielberg um, oh yeah
0: absolutely so. he's he's very good at working in that emotional core absolutely
1: he fully believes that in that philosophy. Um, so um, I, I thought that was, I, I really love their dynamic and what they brought to, to his um, pursuit of filmmaking to Sammy's uh, character.
0: Yeah. You have to talk about what his uh, what great uncle
1: brought, oh, yeah! brought to the picture as well.
0: Oh. He has just one, one scene basically, uh, but a very pivotal scene. And like when, Like, he's the only person that Sammy knows who's in show business. And, like, he worked in the circus for a while and then in movies. Yes. And he's just basically like, you've got to suffer to do art. Like, it's not going to be great. Like, you're going to, like, everybody around you is going to think you're crazy. And it's because you are crazy. Like, you have to be crazy in order to do this for a living. Right. And he's just like, all right,
1: (laughs) that sounds fine. I mean, he is a little crazy. You think about what this kid is filming at like this age that he's doing. He's doing these war movies um, as like a kid. Uh, That's pretty crazy.
0: Very like, and, and like, not just like, Hey, let's have fun. And like, show people shooting each other type war movies, like a war movie that ends with a soldier contemplating the devastation of battle and like losing all of his yeah. friends and, and the, like feeling personally responsible for all their deaths. And it's just like, wow, like this is pretty heavy for like a 15 year old to be trying yeah. to make.
1: It's intense, you know? Um And I,
0: I think that, um, yeah, I
1: think it worked. I mean, yeah, it's just, it's intense for a kid to be doing. Um, and so he is already like kind of a weirdo. He's an outsider. And it's like, you know, that, that is what his uncle's telling his great uncle's telling him, you know, it's not going to always, it's not going to be fun or easy all the time. You know, it's going to suck. You're going to suffer. Um, and I think, I think he learns that he gets beat up in high school.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the high school bully uh, arc feels very real, very personal. Yes. Clearly something that he actually yeah, had I, to I go think through. That was
1: pretty, pretty obvious. Yeah, I think that's true.
0: After his family moving around, I did. I also really liked the way that that ended too. Oh yeah, uh, him like sort of making good with one of the bullies, who then beats up the other bully. And I loved
1: that because it felt like like a a John Hughes movie. Like it, it was just like 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 an eighties teen rom com style movie ending for the, the yeah. high school arc. And I really liked that. I thought that I thought that was like a a really great great ending.
0: And he made friends with the one bully by, by showing him in his class film and like making him look like a hero. Right. He's all like, why did you do that? It's like, I don't know. Maybe I just thought it made a better movie. Right. Maybe, maybe I did it to impress you. I don't know. Maybe it's just to prove that I could.
1: I also, I really liked that entire sequence where he, you know, he films the, the class like senior trip movie, basically the senior skip day movie where they all go to the beach. Um, And I liked, I liked the way he, I liked the way that scene played out. You know, he had to film something and, you know, at one point he's trying to say, you know, I just filmed it. I I put it on, I put it on camera. I wasn't doing anything. I was just filming it. That was just you. But then by the end he's acknowledging, he's like, but I had to do something. I put it together. I edit, you know, like he edited it and maybe he did just think that was better. And you know, I think it's interesting in a, again, you know, we were talking a little bit about how avatar two plays into your ideas of sometimes, you know, you're watching a movie or you're immersed this one. It's like, he's acknowledging, like there's a level of artifice to what he's doing there. Like there has to be, yeah. even when he's trying to like just film quote unquote reality, like there's, you know, you can't do that. Which is also a way for Steven Spielberg to say, as he's creating this movie, like, yeah, this is like autobiographical, but also like, there's artifice here too. Like, you know, yeah. um, it's all selective. Like, it's yeah. all being
0: constructed a certain way to create the optimal the story reaction. he wants to tell.
1: I mean, it's you know, yeah. and and whether or not that's true or not, like, it's just he thought it would be a better story. Um, and it, I think that's important because that's, I mean, that's what you're doing as a filmmaker, and that's what you should do. Um, But you know, people often are like, "Eh, whatever. I want. I just want the truth. Well, you know, there's no way to just. There's always choices being made in how you tell a story. Yeah, Um, even
0: in a documentary, you have to make choices.
1: I mean, documentaries are, you know, plenty of documentaries make choices that are suspect and how they (laughs) frame and present their story. Yeah. Um, So you know, yeah, I think I think um, I really liked that moment. I liked the way that that. What that what that plot sort of brought to the idea of filmmaking and um a spe- specifically autobiographical filmmaking um and then what it means um I really yes. enjoyed
0: that. There's also the great joke at the the end of that where the boy is like, "Don't ever tell anybody about this. No. Don't, <laughs> like, don't tell him that I cried, and don't tell him like that I like don't tell him about anything." He's like, "I won't tell anyone unless I put it in a movie." Oh yeah. <laughs> and he's like, That's "Well." Really he did, and now everybody knows.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Somehow I think that kid probably doesn't care anymore.
0: Um, it's like 60 years later, but he, he did do it.
1: Yeah, I really I really enjoyed that. I really liked that whole high school plot arc. Again, can't overstate how funny the Christian girlfriend jokes were. Um, she was so funny. <laughs> Just like a ridiculously horny horny teenage girl. Just like, horny and holy. Girl She's I've like,
0: never... I'm going to put the Holy Spirit in you. Oh, the the double entendres
1: there were through the roof. It was like something I've never seen before. Um, I was like, "Hell yeah, let's do this!" Um, That was awesome. (laughs) Um, I really enjoyed that scene. Um, All of those scenes, I should say. Um, And you know, it's also um, moments of it felt timely. There were like, there's a lot of uh, anti-Semitic bullying that he is is subjected to, which is of course both of its time, but also in the current time we live in now. I mean, it feels particularly uh, relevant to um, have conversations about that. Um, so that God, was awesome.
0: all of those, all those bits felt like straight out of Steven Spielberg's West side story. Yeah. Yeah. Like absolutely. the, the racial animus in there is like, is like, wow. Like you can see that he, he pulled some of his own experiences into that movie when he made it. Like it's, it's really, you're getting to like peek behind the curtain here. Right.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. I it did feel it felt very uh, personal in those moments, huh? which is, of course, makes them makes it sting all the more. Um, so, yeah. Um, just, I mean, this is a good movie,
0: a great movie. Everybody, should <laughs> it see was this great. Movie. Um, and absolutely. The nice
1: thing about this one, as opposed to the last movie, is if you can't make it on, to see it on a big screen, that's sort of okay. You can see it on a smaller screen, and you'll still enjoy it. Although I do yeah. think it looks really cool or nice. Um, so, you know, seeing it on a big
0: screen, it does look great on the big screen. There's something that's always fun about seeing a movie about movies in a movie theater and a movie that has by other people
1: for like big screen movie going like this movie yes. does, does feel strong about that. Um, the
0: final shot of the movie to just registers so well on the big screen. I think he, um, uh, you know he he meets his hero John Ford, who gives him a, a little lesson about um, yeah John Ford played by David Lynch yeah, this in this very, movie, very which he's so funny, so awesome, um, gives him a little lesson about framing and cinematography, and then you get to see the final shot of the film corrects the framing. <laughs> of oh, the yeah. shot to make it a little more interesting i like oh my god that is like the cheekiest thing they could have done there it's very uh, funny that that
1: was david lynch who i if i had to pick a filmmaker who is just so drastically different from spielberg in so many ways i would th- oh yeah i would think lynch would be one of the first ones i would go to um it's just a very funny um pointed casting um i, I would think um just very interested. Very interesting. Um, I, I, really enjoyed that.
0: Yeah. 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 His appearance was great. And like, I, I did know he was going to show up, but I can only imagine if I hadn't known seeing him out of the blue would have been like, Oh, my I didn't know. God. I had no what? idea.
1: I had, I hadn't even seen a trailer for this movie. All I knew about this movie was that it was a Spielberg movie and that it was semi autobiographical in some ways. That's, that's like what yeah. I knew. Um, so, that's it. I didn't. I didn't even really know who was in it. Like, I didn't know Paul Dano was in this movie until I was watching it. So, um, and I was like, Oh hey. man, yeah. You I really did know Michelle Williams was in this movie um, uh, because I'd seen that like one still, and she's in in that image. And I was like, Oh, that's her. Um, so, but that's all. I I I'm so good at not watching and reading news about movies at this point. If I don't want to, I'm like, Oh, I don't. I don't want to know about that. I'll see that. Yeah. Movie. I've, it's become so easy for me. So
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm exposed to an awful lot of film news and I ju- most of the stuff that's about things that are about to come out, I just kind of let wash right over me because I'm like, I- I'm going to see it, you know, I'm and then like I'll read about it afterwards, but I usually like to go in as fresh as I can. Right. Um, Michelle Williams in the opening scene of this movie when they're waiting in line at the movie theater is basically Nicole Kidman's character from the AMC. Oh my God. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, movies are like dreams projected on the screen. I'm like, Oh my God. I really but thought we, she was going to launch into the monologue. We come to this place for
1: magic. I was like, let's do it. Let's do it all right now. Um, God, you know what? They said they renewed her for a second. Like year of the ad but they didn't change the ad i wish they had done like a new one i like you know but it's okay um
0: yeah we 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 could use a refresh i mean the classic you don't want to mess with the classic but we could just do with more of the same exactly exactly
1: um maybe nicole and she just didn't want to do it um but yeah um yes i did think i did have the same thought when she was doing that bit at the opening i was like oh hell yeah we're doing the amc intro here um (laughs) I wish she I wish she had pulled out a like an AMC freestyle Coca-Cola. Um but, you know, that's okay. Um <sighs>
0: They didn't have the freestyle machine back then. That's, you what? know, that was the biggest problem. What? <laughs> Crazy because more,
1: a- yeah, you know, more people went to the movies, you know, back in the day before the AMC freestyle machines. Ergo, AMC freestyle soda machines c- caused a decrease in movie going. That, yeah, I think that's, that's it. what we need to take away from
0: this if you if you charted them on a graph you'd see <laughs> movie going public decreases as you increase the number of freestyle machines
1: crazy crazy who would have thought
0: in order to fix it they need to put actual soda jerks in the movie theaters oh my who will really mix mix it up for you in real God, time i would love that i
1: would fucking love
0: that um
1: Alamo should do that. That's what Alamo should get some, yeah, that's, that's what needs to They
0: need an old timey soda counter in the Alamo right next to the bar. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that pretty much wraps up the Fablemans. I think so. I think we're good there. Definitely. Totally. Definitely a highlight totally of the year yeah. going to be an Oscar contender. It better be. It better get some nominations. Yeah, I mean, acting was all solid, writing, directing, everything. Yeah,
1: just a great, great put em little up, movie.
0: Put them up across the board. Um, all right, Megan, <laughs> it's time—the big one.
1: Bulletproof.
0: We've waited I've for it. We got to save the craziest one for last. Fire away! Fire away! Fire Fire away. From the team that brought you *Malignant*.
1: It's Megan. What? okay, wait. M M titles? Why?
0: Why? Uh, I guess I guess we're all about the M's.
1: Cause you know I'm all about that M out that M. <laughs> Fucking hate that I just did that.
0: Um. Um, am, am I the asshole if I let a model three generative android look after my niece after her parents died? A <laughs> model
1: <laughs> three generative android that I created. <laughs> um Um, um I, just speaking from experience, not the asshole. You can't be expected to take care of every child that comes across uh, your your threshold. So, um, you know, it's totally yeah. fine that you left your very young child home alone so you could go to work.
0: We all know that you are our child free. And then you're suddenly forced to take care of this crotch goblin. Crotch goblin! Um <laughs> No. They actually say that. They yes. actually say that yes. on there. Um, yeah, she she definitely was not prepared to take care of a child. No, she um, was not. Um,
1: that is a and a,
0: that a is big. that is where the robots sneak in when you're not prepared. When you're not ready, the robots take
1: over. That's Th- when the robots. This come. is how the robot apocalypse will happen. Um,
0: we'll be too lazy. We'll we be like, all right, come on in.
1: Ridiculous. Look. Okay. So. Megan. We all know the trailer. We all know what it's about. I don't think we need to explain but so much about what it's actually about from a high level. I think we all know. Megan has taken the internet by storm. If you don't know what Megan is, you're probably not the sort of person who listens to this podcast. Um
0: She's a she's a doll who's a robot. She's a as well. doll who's a robot and,
1: and she is not afraid to commit murder. Um not at all. Not at all. Um my favorite thing about this movie well, not my favorite thing one thing that I loved about this movie was that as soon as it started, we were in a fucking perpetual pet ad. It was like the moment the movie started, I was like, Oh shit. Like we are in this thing. And it was ridiculous. It was ridiculous from the get go. Uh, I
0: did love that. The movie starts with, with an advertisement that that is just like, that's great world building. That's like, you know, you're before we even get to know who the characters are, we're getting to learn a little bit about the, landscape that we're going to be thrown into but it,
1: and it was such like such a like dystopian fucking ad that also is so <laughs> reminiscent of like real life like <laughs> dolls that we get now like it's like oh here have a nightmarish furby that takes shit sometimes
0: i like how dark the beginning of the ad is for like a, a toy ad that children will watch it's like sometimes Like we know you love your pets, but pets can die. A dog grave. Like, Oh my God. Oh
2: yeah. I forgot about that.
0: These pets will never die.
1: That was so funny, which of course they will die. They're all like battery powered. So actually those pets will die all the time. Um, but you know, whatever. Um, yes, I did like that. And then it was just like the ad for the most insane Furby you've ever seen in your life. It was like completely upsetting. Um, a very deranged toy. But apparently kids like it. Kids like these things that poop and that you have to use a, an iPad to play with. Um, <clears throat> what a nightmare. But it was a very funny intro to the movie. And also a good way to like build the idea of what Jimma's company does. Um, which is also, again, not a company I would ever want to work for. But um, building toys it's, sounds like a nightmare to me.
0: Um, it's a toy co- Well, Who wouldn't want to work at a toy company? Me.
1: I just said that. I just said I
0: What but why? <laughs> why? 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 Why?
1: Um, it
0: looks I mean to be fair in this movie The company certainly... looks
1: great. I mean, I They
0: certainly don't make it look fun to work at a toy company in this movie.
1: It doesn't look fun to work there, but it does look like nice to work at a place where they're like fucking drinking on the fucking office floor and just (laughs) wandering around and playing with toys as part of their like day to day job like that seems pretty decent.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, that's that's the big sell for working at a toy company, obviously. But then you've got the asshole CEO and the boar breathing down your neck trying to get you to turn out a new version of the toy in it's time all for the holidays?
1: about profits um, oh
0: exactly it's like any other business that's that's what we learn in this movie it's not all that fun to be a toy maker no um in contrary to what we learned from the robert 2015 films stop it. Stop which made it look really great to be the toy maker it literally
1: did not because robert <laughs> killed people um Robert did a lot of damage.
0: Did you watch all of the Robert
1: movies? I watched every I, single one of them. It was, I watched
0: like two and a half. Of it was them.
1: not good to be a toy maker by the end of that franchise. Uh, well, what
0: about the toy maker? Wasn't he that. doing all right?
1: No, well, I don't remember anymore. That was so long ago. <laughs> that was like one of the worst 36 hour experiences of my life um, that I inflicted <laughs> on myself for no reason.
0: You did that. Nobody asked you to watch all of them.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, me like, like, i can't start something uh and i'm like, <laughs> I'm like physically incapable uh, you're a completionist that's yeah. you
0: know there, there's something to be said for that um
1: yes so jimma in this movie is a toy maker and she created the perpetual pets but now she's trying to create a megan but her ceo doesn't really want her to create the megan because to be fair when he is given a demo of the megan it explodes
0: it explodes like immediately, and has like no time to demonstrate anything that interesting before exploding.
1: <laughs> it's very funny. It, like Megan's face is like melting, and it's like, all right, it's <laughs> gone well. Um, um, but you know, um, she, she, uh, I do like, I gotta say. So like, then we we have this like upsetting car crash where uh, Katie's parents get killed going up to a ski lodge, classic classic plot plot opener um a lot of that shot while they're in the car going up to the ski lodge is like filmed from katie's perspective like you're like in the backseat of the car looking up at parents which i really appreciate yeah i thought that was really well done um um and so she has to go live with jimma and so um as soon as katie gets there and jimma doesn't know what to do with katie she's like hmm that android that just blew up maybe i could fix that and bring it home to katie I'm like yeah. that thing just blew up. It literally <laughs> blew up, and you're like, my grieving niece? Maybe, yeah. Um, this will work. Um. So Gemma is like, when you when we say she's not prepared to be a mother, it's like she's like really unprepared. Um. I get it. If I were suddenly thrust a like, if like a whatever six year old, I don't know how old Katie is, were suddenly thrust into my Possession. I don't know what the fuck I do. I'd be like, "What? I don't even have space for you." Um, so you know, I get it's it. Like
0: sleeping in the gym room.
1: Okay, but Gemma has a big enough house. She could figure that one
0: out. Oh that, yeah, that's on Gemma. But her house is not not like for for someone who is a toy maker. She, like, the only toys she has at her place are, like, Japanese collectibles, like, vintage toys. I kind of like that
1: because it suggested that she really wished she were working on, like, a simpler style of toy and not these, like, ridiculous robots. But she also seems to love robots. She has Bruce. She has kept Bruce all these years. Um,
0: Bruce, the giant robot that she made in college. Sometimes
1: you have to have a Bruce as a Chekhov's robot. You must. Yeah. And I loved it. I loved Bruce in this movie. Um, Bruce was very, um, Bruce was sweet because Bruce couldn't think. So I liked that. I like when he was
0: just controlled by human hands. And sometimes that's what you need. Sometimes you don't want these machines to be thinking for themselves. Right.
1: Um, Unfortunately, what Gemma has created is Megan, the model three generative Android. Um, I gotta say Megan is creepy from the get go. I don't know why Gemma thought this was a good idea. Megan is a little blonde American girl doll who also happens to be a walking, thinking, talking robot. Don't like it. Would never want that anywhere in my vicinity. Would never be happy with that. She dresses like Madeline, the French schoolgirl, Um, <laughs> And like, it's upsetting. It's deeply upsetting. She sits on a charger overnight. She sits on a charger. That's also upsetting. <laughs> um, in the window, um, she Megan is... She's got a charge. She's got a charge, I get it. But Megan is deeply upsetting. Um, Megan does many things that are unhinged in this movie. I like the one of our earlier scenes of Megan being unhinged is when, like... Katie is crying about her parents and it's the display before the board and Megan comes in, and she's like, why are you sad? And it's the most unhinged thing. We're watching this doll try to console a grieving child and nobody's like, let me go in to talk to this grieving child. They're like, let the doll fucking handle it.
0: <laughs> let the robot perform therapy I'm, right I'm now. I'm like,
1: are we okay? Is anybody in this room like mentally sound? Because that's not normal and somebody should go in and talk to that little girl. Like she's crying about her parents and you're letting a doll console. Her.
0: Like, do you, <laughs> that under- moment was so insane too. Cause it's like, she like recorded the child's memory of her dead mother. So she could play it back whenever she wanted and then like sang a song.
1: Oh yeah, she sang <laughs> a song. That was the first like, of, of three singing songs and um, it's
0: like okay, maybe this is helping but also this is an insane thing for a toy to do. Right. Like why is this what the toy does? And nobody's
1: like and and, and the the board is like, "Oh my god, that was so beautiful." And it's like, you don't think that was fucking weird? You don't, you think that was normal? You think that was a normal thing that just occurred? You're, like, fine with that? Because that's abnormal. You are all unusual humans. Um, Megan is upsetting. Me- I don't want my doll. I'm like, it's a theme of the movie, but, like, the doll is taking the place of like being a parent or an adult figure in this child's life. And like, it, it like, that's not a thing that anybody should want or do. And that Katie becomes attached to Megan in a way that is upsetting. I thought she was going to do Brahms, the boy part two style shit with this doll by the end. I was like, she's going to be attached to it. <laughs> this is all over. Like you've lost. Katie is now fully on the side of the robots in the coming war. <laughs> um, but she, you know, Katie cha- has a change of heart by the end. But, um, you know, I I really thought that you know this was going to be a movie in which the robot won, 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 won the girl over, and it was all just going to be them against the world. Because
0: now, once once Katie realizes the robot's full murderous intent, she's not on board with
1: that. No, and that's good. Sure. But like for a while there, it was unclear because. Nobody else is stepping up to be a parent or an adult figure for for Katie in any way that's, like, meaningful for so long. That's
0: and, true. And Gemma, is, uh, I think, Gemma
1: tries a few times, but she struggles. She really struggles.
0: And she's got a lot going on. And and she didn't ask for this, but some ways she's she in, just in that lost situation.
1: Her I mean, that's also and, a big thing.
0: I think a big theme here is like how easy it is to let technology raise your children. But clearly there are some very real dangers to that. Uh, The technology might just start killing people. I was going to say it might become homicidal.
1: Um, If you raise your kids to just anytime they cry, give them an iPad, just letting you know the iPad might kill them. It could happen.
0: (laughs) You Uh, never know. You
1: never know what's going to happen. That, that is, I mean, that is obviously one of the themes here is just like how much control are we ceding to like, Robots and artificial intelligence, like we're doing it all the time, Um, you know, just seeding responsibilities and controls and and duties that we should be fulfilling Um, because it's easy. Uh, And I think that's what this movie is trying to explore here. Um, It's very... It's doing it through the form of the most absurd android imaginable,
0: um, but it's, yeah, it works. I mean, <laughs> this is not this is not the most deeply contemplative sci-fi piece. No, it's kind. Of, it's pretty goofy, but it's got some ideas back there. Um,
1: I would say it's campy. I like goofy might not be like it knows it's campy been ridiculous. Yes,
0: campy is the perfect yeah. like the this is this is the perfect example of camp. Yeah. It is it is knowing knowingly strange and silly, but not like in your face winking. Right. So right. it's it's just having fun.
1: Much like it. malignant for a lot of its runtime. It's it's um it's it's do it, it you can tell that it's the same team <laughs> who did yeah. the story in writing. <laughs> oh yeah. It's it
0: it is it is that same level of just like extremely earnest but also extremely strange. Yes. And Um, it's like, Oh, we know this is strange, but we're committing to it a hundred percent.
1: Yes. Um, this is a movie in which Megan, the villainous robot. Okay. One of the most upsetting things that happens in this movie, Megan decides she's going to kill this snot nosed little boy who like, honestly had it coming. Um, (laughs)
0: absolutely he's like we all see that coming he had
1: like he's like the worst little boy that anyone's ever heard it's like if you didn't kill him he was gonna be brett Kavanaugh in like 20 years so like
0: (laughs) yeah like for the moment his character is introduced you're like oh we all know this is that Um, shitty kid um, we should also
1: be clear this is taking place in seattle there is a world in which gabriel and megan meet so
0: exactly um, <laughs> this is the uh, extended weird seattle universe uh,
1: oh my god i love that the wsu the weird seattle universe <laughs> um, um that sounds like washington state wazoo go cougars um but um so yeah they're, um they're like at some like day camp or whatever because Gemma wants to make sure that katie gets some human friends totally fair on jimma's part but she the damage yeah. is done um also, everybody always thinks Megan's, like, a real girl until she talks and she's clearly an android. And they're like, holy shit! The, the,
0: the teacher's reaction to seeing Megan turn her head and realizing it's a robot is so funny. She's like, oh my god! <laughs> it's so funny. And then, like, for the rest of that conversation, she's, like, staring at it. Like, ugh. Yeah. <laughs> you can tell she's terrified of this thing. <laughs> and yet they're like, oh, yes, let's let's bring the doll to camp as long as it sits on the toy table there's that shot of
1: megan (laughs) sitting on the toy table like (laughs) surrounded by like stuffed elephants and bears and megan's like (laughs) megan's not even doing anything but we've gotten to know megan so well you can see the annoyance in her eyes. she's like what the fuck is going on over here absolutely Um, it's so fucking funny (laughs) um um, but megan we are introduced to this boy by his mother being like isn't he like the sweetest boy ever and he's like Fuck off to his mom, like. And <laughs> yes. uh, I'm like, all right, this boy is like the fucking worst, um, and he is, and he's like, does the robot talk? Make it talk, um, and he's like getting mad. Megan goes full unhinged mode on this fucking boy, and rips his fucking ear off. It is the most <laughs> insane thing,
0: like very graphically. <laughs> like we get. It's not like it happens all at once. You get, like, several different shots of her stretching it. (laughs) Stretching it and stretching it until it rips. It is ridiculous.
1: His ear stretches like fucking bubble gum. It's just like, I'm like, what's going on?
2: (laughs) It was so
1: great, um, and he's like, he's just like, what the fuck? Um, it's so good, it's so good. Um, oh my god! And when she looks at him, and she's like, this is the part where you run, and I'm like, yeah, I would think so. And then she gallops like a fucking horse,
0: <laughs> gets down on all fours, and is running along just like oh my god that scene is so absurd
1: it's so good and she eventually you know spoiler alert she kills him by pushing him in front of a car so he gets hit um and i love the shot of her like looking around and her hair is just disheveled and there are leaves in her hair and she's just like yeah i'm here now uh um, and i'm like all right <laughs> fucking megan why not um um oh god it's so good that is like and that's, like, one of her first, like, real kills. Because um, I would – I will say I was shocked that this movie had, like, a decently slow build to when Megan um, yeah. starts doing murder.
0: Um, well, yeah, there's, there's so much time early on that's spelt, spent, like, getting to know Katie and Gemma and, like, getting to see and it's creepy what stuff their life Megan is too. like before Megan. Yeah,
1: but it's still, and it's then, still like, creepy. Like, when we meet Megan, it's creepy from the beginning, but she takes a while to become murderous.
0: yeah. Yeah, she she's like acting ostensibly normal, but she's always kind of creepy. And you get to see her doing some things that are outside of her programming, clearly. So, you know that she's got more going on than the toy makers are aware of. But she doesn't really start doing like straight up evil things until well into the movie. Yeah. Like the 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 incident with the dog is is the first real. Does the dog come incident. before the boy? I think so. Oh, the dog. Yeah. Yes, the dog, yeah.
1: but not not the neighbor. Not not the neighbor. not the, yeah. Not yeah. the neighbor. Yeah.
0: The neighbor comes later. Yeah. Um. But the dog first. The way she lures the dog. That's so. Okay. So
1: a thing that Megan can do is perfectly imitate voices. Um. Because she records them and plays them back.
0: Um, yeah, she's much like the bear from Annihilation in that way. I thought of the bear in Annihilation. <laughs> I
1: also thought of the fucking Hunger Games. Um. And those uh the mocking the mocking jays that just oh yeah yeah you're yeah. saying uh the jabber jays i can't remember what i think that the jabber jays i think the, that's the right repeat are the jabber jays um um but yeah it's um it, she can repeat it back so she's like repeating back like the like the neighbor calling the dog to get the dog come here yeah. come oh my here, god boy. that's so upsetting Um, she really, the, you know, our first glimpse at Megan's evil, of course, is her killing a dog. It's like classic horror movie trope is like, oh, they killed a dog. All right. Yep. Uh, evil. Um, can't do that.
0: She's like, she's like a little Michael Myers. Well, did she eat it? we don't know no. I don't think she would have any reason I don't think she can gain energy from the flesh but who knows, who knows? maybe gain, just for fun gain
1: energy from the flesh I don't um, think
0: she can digest the dog it I don't think she has a digestive
1: though. system I think you're probably right about that
0: maybe in Megan 2 we find out that her nature is completely different she's like Brahms the boy too. well, there's, well eventually like, she'll be like sudden, like
1: Chucky in Child's Play who can bleed and shit
0: um, yeah Suddenly she's magical instead of technological. Who knows? There
1: absolutely needs to be a scene in which Megan meets Brahms. Um that, that like <laughs> Brahms is definitely like the boy equivalent to Megan. Um just like in their like posh atmosphere and everything, you know? Like they yes. have the same like
0: they have the the fancy outfits and everything. The only thing yeah. is, like
1: Megan would like absolutely annihilate Brahms. I mean, there would be no it's no battle there. Megan like would Destroy him. Sorry, Brahms.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's that's <laughs> definitely true.
1: They would have to befriend one another because if they fought, Brahms would be no match. Um, so um, unless Brahms became his weird tree god entity thing, whatever was happening at the end of Brahms of <laughs> 2, the um, uh, there was a lot happening. At the end of I watched well, <laughs> it. That was a great example of a movie that was like pretty basic and boring until the final 15 minutes, and then you were like, wait.
0: What the fuck? Um, um, That's what this is about. Um, it's it's like the end of men. You're just like, oh, oh, the end of men. Yeah,
1: that that was. Oh man, yeah, that was a lot too. I was like, wait, what the fuck? Um, yeah. Um, uh, but Megan, Megan is ridiculous from the beginning because she's a walking android. I mean, it is. It she's just like fucking. It's creepy. It's weird. And these people are like, wow, isn't this so impressive? And I'm like, yeah, at what cost? Like the cost is high. I don't want this thing anywhere near me. This is like Alexa on steroids. I don't need that. I don't need Siri to be an embodied thing walking through my house. I don't need that. That's upsetting to me. Um, I don't need the company that made a Furby that shits to also make me a walking, talking (laughs) little girl. Like if I wanted a child, I'd have a child. I don't need the doll.
0: Um, We do, we see a Alexa type um, virtual assistant in this movie and uh, Megan is able to infiltrate it in some capacity. and
1: is also, that's like how we get hinted at the possibility of a sequel at the end of the movie.
0: Um, Yeah.
1: um, I think that's actually the least realistic part of this movie is that Gemma, who works in like tech, has like an AI thing in her home. Because I got to say like everybody who I know who works in tech, is like no we we would never yeah. that, <laughs> that would never happen because they know they know the code um uh, they they know they don't want that <laughs> um so um that's like the least realistic thing here but i guess jim was kind of like a toy maker who is like tangentially in like tech it you know it's like a little different so maybe i don't know but um but like she obviously if she left toy making she could just have a tech job anywhere because that's what she does
0: um yeah i mean um, she she programmed this ai that was able to become self-aware so i think (laughs) her talents are a little underutilized at the toy company
1: well there's a clear reason why she's working in like the the like the more technologically advanced toys um you know uh, because she obviously is in programming and stuff like that she's not just like a she's not building like a fucking jack-in-the-box um
0: (laughs) no um
1: yeah but um yeah i i did i did i did take immediate note of the fact that she had that fucking um virtual assistant and i was like no she's in tech that doesn't happen even i after my years of working in my current job i was like "Mm -mm, i don't turn on my echo anymore i don't do it It, my no we're not doing the alexa echo thing anymore that's not mm -mm." Mm -hmm. so i get it and i you know jimma wouldn't have that so jimma does have a rock'em sock'em bopper called bruce (laughs) <laughs> um <laughs> which is my favorite character in the movie i fucking love bruce i wish bruce were in my home right now um bruce would protect <laughs> me bruce would keep me safe if like a new york city rat tried to get into my apartment um
0: we definitely need bruce to come back for the sequel we need bruce, we need bruce. in a more fully fledged form megan too. to fight back bruce. against megan
1: um yeah i need i need that megan versus bruce um that's i need more of that because megan megan and bruce have a little showdown here um
0: sometimes it takes a good guy with a robot to stop a bad guy with a robot
1: or a bad guy who is a robot yeah um because yeah that's the thing so that's the difference here and i do think that's interesting to to call out is it um the fight at the end it comes down to like bruce being involved but bruce is not a robot who can act on his own
0: you have to control bruce motion capture yeah. and control um
1: and i think that i think that's like thematically very important to what the movie is trying to say there because megan is a robot who's just acting on its own and you know that's why she gets out of control is they they've given her too much you know authority and power um she can just do whatever the fuck she wants she's insane she breaks a paper cutter and dances around with the blade to kill people <laughs>
0: it's insane that whole scene i thought it was so funny after like how much of that scene is in the trailer seeing it in context in the movie it's just so nuts that like out of nowhere she just comes into the hallway and starts like dancing yes. and then kills a guy with the paper cutter. she's just doing
1: her fucking little dances and killing people with a paper cutter it's so fucking funny it's so good so good um I loved that scene, but like Bruce couldn't do that is all I'm saying. Bruce could not do. No, Bruce could not do that. And I think that's really important as like a thematic point to like the climax here. Um, is it, is it Bruce is not like a self-sufficient thing that you've create. Like Megan is like, <laughs> Megan is like, if Mary Shelley had written Frankenstein in 2022 after using TikTok <laughs> for a bunch of days, Yeah. Yeah. um, bruce isn't bruce is not a frankenstein's monster so that's all i'm saying
0: yeah Um, i think i think it's the difference there between technology as a tool and technology as like its own entity with a will of its own there's like you can use bruce to your advantage but uh megan has her own goals and ambitions
1: like megan is like technology for Both technology's sake, like, just like, like, can I do it? Yes. Should I do it? Questionable. You know, the classic Jurassic Park question. Um, Yeah. And, and technology as a, as a, as a, like, I don't want to say convenience because there's nothing wrong with convenience. But, like, shortcuts. You know what I mean? Like, shortcuts that we Mm -hmm. don't need. Like, you don't need to shortcut parenting, for example. And that's what Megan really does, is shortcut parenting. You shouldn't have that like that should not be a thing um because for reasons that we don't need to get into the podcast but that i hope are self-explanatory to anybody kids should have a parent figure in their lives who's a human not an android like uh yeah Yeah, i think um, i think that's true and i think i think megan represents like technology just as like shortcuts that we shouldn't have and shouldn't be pursuing um and I, and I do think we are we are guilty of letting that happen with all of our various technology. You know, everything's so simple all the time. Um, so, you know, I, I think that's what Megan represents. And I think I do. I, I did like that climactic battle for that reason. Um, all that said, yeah. I just fucking love Megan. I want like Megan <laughs> to be like. I want to see like six more Megan movies where like it's just her running around like killing new people. Like, I don't know. I want Megan to keep, I don't want Megan to be like Chucky necessarily, but like, I need more, I need more Megan hijinks. I need to know what's yes, going
0: on. Yes, absolutely. We need more of that. Her doing her TikTok dances. Absolutely. Bouncing off the walls. She
1: should keep evolving. She should like whatever, Sing. whatever the culture does. Megan is in tune. Singing titanium. Singing
0: titanium is a lullaby. That was
1: also, <laughs> yeah, I can't believe this is the first time we're actually straightforwardly mentioning she fucking when she sang titanium i think i like something inside me broke i was like this is fucking insane (laughs) why is she singing titanium (laughs) Um, presumably because she is titanium but also it is the most ridiculous lullaby i could ever imagine (laughs) and katie is just sitting there taking it she's just like she's like yes yeah yeah that
0: that so true so true Megan so
1: so true bestie
0: bulletproof (laughs) nothing to lose
1: fire away fire away um god that was so fucking funny I don't think I've ever I haven't laughed so hard in movie theater as I did at that moment in a while that was that was top notch and the trailers you know Um. the trailers gave away a lot of moments here but they did not give away Megan singing
0: yeah, they didn't they didn't have any of the singing in the trails, yeah. which is great because yeah. it was so unexpected. Yeah. And there was like several moments yes. where she sang and it was completely crazy. It was
1: so funny every time she sang every time. Um, And they, they did okay. not give that away. So
0: <laughs> Unfortunately, there wasn't really that great an audience when I went to see it. It was it was pretty sparsely attended. And nobody was really making much noise. But I was definitely laughing my ass off during those parts <laughs> My audience
1: was, like, basically sold out. I saw it on an Alamo on the Friday. It came out on the, oh, that Thursday great. night, of course. I saw it on that Friday evening. Um, mm-hmm. and, and our theater was pretty much sold out. And people were having a having a time. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was so fun. I mean, the titanium scene got the biggest laugh, for sure. That, that is down in the 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 Horror Classics Hall of Fame um, already. That was so fucking funny. Um, and it's also like... It's just like such also like a good example of like why Megan is like not fucking human. Like, it's like no nobody would think that's a, a lullaby. Nobody human would ever think, yeah, my kid wants a lullaby I'm gonna sing Titanium by Sia and David Guetta. Like, that's not <laughs> what the fuck. But of course Megan would think that. Like... <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, That's a normal lullaby. Yeah. So. Um.
1: So it's like it's like weirdly chilling, but also hilarious and ridiculous. Um. Yeah, that was a great, great moment and completely unexpected. She's just out of left field singing "Titanium."
0: Um, I do also. I also really love when like Gemma came out into the dark living room and Megan was playing toy soldiers on the piano. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> like, i was like what is going on like the creepily playing the piano in the dark this <laughs> is such a weird thing to do megan is so dramatic megan would it's like, be dramatic it's, it was like an orphan like the the piano playing is a big part of that too
1: oh my god orphan
0: megan okay <laughs> megan should
1: absolutely meet orphan um, there's
0: there's like many parallels with Orphan, like the weird clothes, the like the scene in the forest where she mutilates a child, because
1: Orphan she does do that.
0: Yeah, yeah, and Esther, the piano Esther playing. The
1: time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, oh my god, you're so right.
0: I was like, I could see okay, Esther what, getting down on all fours it, and running after them. Oh my god,
1: are you kidding me? I'm surprised she hasn't. <laughs> um, Esther, we need a movie where Esther. Megan and Brahms all meet. That's what needs to happen. And there, Robert should probably be thrown in there. We need to get get Robert in a big. Oh God,
0: Robert. Somehow.
1: Well, I'm thinking of like the vaguely European themed dolls. Um, like Esther yes. is is uh, of course Estonian, and Brahms is obviously European. I don't know what the fuck else that boy is. Um, <laughs> um Robert is European because he's from Nazi Germany for some reason. Um, yeah, yeah, and some reason, and fucking. Megan is American because she's from the West coast of the U S she's from Seattle, but she dresses like she's a little British prep school girl. So exactly. um, Yeah. Yeah. We, we need to get that to happen. Not that we have much say. And also all of these rights are different people, but I'm just saying that if we have any pull, they should meet.
0: that would be a good team up. I mean, at the very least we need a malignant crossover. We know that that's possible. So. God, that would be so
1: good like gabriel using megan like oh my god that'd be so fucking good
0: <laughs> this movie is produced by james wan uh the store isn't he by... part of the
1: story too he was one of the story team not the writer but the story
0: yeah player. yeah the st- he, was, he was on the story team not the screenwriter was akila cooper who wrote the screenplay for uh Malignant Yeah, she's well. a star
1: at this point so we should um she should just be a friend of the pod so
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And this was directed by uh Gerard Johnstone, yes. who directed the very fun horror comedy uh Housebound. Yes. I did know uh, that. that I liked Housebound one. as well.
1: Yeah. Um yeah, so you know, it's a great team. We need to the, this mm, great team. Great team doing great work. This is the you know what, this is the future of horror. Sorry to Ari Aster, because you're doing a comedy now, so you're no longer the future of horror. <laughs> um, I don't know what's going on with Bo is Afraid, but it's something weird. Um, so There's some horror in there, too. There is, <laughs> but it definitely, it's different. It's weird. Um, so, at this point, I'm willing to say Akilah Cooper and James Wan are the future of horror. So, um, let's get on that. Um, I guess, I don't know who else is, but th- those are, I mean, Ty West high west that's the that's the holy trinity those are the three heads of the dragon of the future of horror um so that's where i'm that's what i'm saying now i'm laying down my claim Um,
0: all right all right
1: but i do want to see gabriel and megan meet i really want to see that (laughs) i like even if it's like temporary like it's not the focus of the movie i just want to see it like for one scene you know what i mean um
0: just a brief crossover
1: oh my god and she has to fucking meet mary shaw
0: um <laughs> there um, we go. Mary Shaw versus Megan would be quite. She has to down. meet
1: Mary Shaw because that's the original James Wan puppet horror. Um like doll horror. She has to meet, she has to meet Mary Shaw. Um also, yeah. oh my god, there should just be a meetup of all of the James Wan puppets and dolls. Megan, <laughs> Mary Shaw's various creations, Billy the puppet. They should all yeah. just fucking meet. They need to meet. This is what needs to happen.
0: He, He's got a lot of puppets. There's always puppets. It's clearly
1: there. a thing. And didn't Dead Silence just get like a re-release on like fucking um, 4K and stuff?
0: Yeah. Know. Yeah. We Just got a 4K Dead Silence release. Hopefully I follow more the artist who be... did
1: the cover art for it. That's how I
0: know. <laughs> Hopefully more people will be discovering and checking out our Dead Silence episode. Please, please, talk about the, the famous clam, clam, chowder. clam chowder scene. <laughs>
1: um, <laughs> I wish there'd been a clam chowder scene in this movie, but there was not.
0: That's the only thing it was missing. Yeah. We really. I gave really it four stars.
1: That. I would have given it five if there'd been clam chowder. So get on it. Oh But I really also loved this movie. Um, this was just a great, great movie. Um, also, so much. It was fun. a um, PG-13 horror, so it's accessible. Everyone can see it. Yeah,
0: that's great. I feel like this is exactly the sort of thing to get, like, teenagers into horror for the first time. I'm just trying to think watched... about
1: me as a teenager seeing a movie like this. I would have fucking lost my mind. So um, <laughs> I would have been quoting it and and, and obsessed with it for, like, the, the whole school year to follow. So, um yeah, this is great. Um, I love when I see, like, PG-13 horror movies now that I can think, like, oh, as a teen, I would have fucking killed for that movie because um, <laughs> I, I think pg-13 is like maligned all the time now in horror in horror fan bases because
0: yeah yeah um, yeah you can make a good pg-13 horror. absolutely
1: and uh-huh. I, I mean i just think that like i mean i i think there's a real conversation to be had about how we determine ratings um because sometimes it's like fucking stupid um like what oh, what yeah, pushes definitely. you from pg-13 to r can be fucking arbitrary and ridiculous um Never forget that sometimes it's just like, oh, this had a gay kiss. It was more than a second. I mean, that can make an R rating. I mean, it doesn't anymore, but it did for like the entire 2000s and 10s. So, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, like, just, you know, we all know it's stupid, um, but PG-13 is a great way to get kids, you know, young people into the movie theater. And we need the youths invested in horror because we need continued horror filmmaking. So, um,
0: absolutely to, you know
1: there and also yeah. like horror is like it's always been a genre that has heavily catered to teens um it's always been a thing so there should be pg-13 yeah. so that they can see it um i you know i mean i snuck into movies all the time when i was underage but not everybody can do that so right right <laughs> um, highly
0: highly support the teenagers sneaking into the r-rated movies but sometimes you know there's got to be something you buy a for a for the people who to some
1: random rom-com but you sneak into saw three that's fine just do it <laughs> But we know not everyone can do that. Cause some theaters make it harder than others. I don't have any theaters here now that really like fucking give a shit. But I remember being a teenager and you had to go at the right time and do, you had to literally distract ushers cause they would check your ticket and your ID. Um,
0: yeah. Like yeah. I distinctly that, remember doing that's that. That's been my job. Yeah. So so, I,
1: I've done that. Um, I don't think they do that. I think it's just cause I live in New York. Um, but I think, and, and I, I would imagine that in, like, if I went back to my hometown, they still do that for teenagers. Um, so, uh, yeah. you know, I get that it's not always easy. So, PG-13 is necessary. Also, sometimes it's okay that a horror movie isn't, like, violently gruesome the whole way. Although, the ear pull scene in this is pretty
0: gross. <laughs> that is. It's, it's mostly bloodless, but it is pretty grim. Like,
1: I, see... That's the that's why like those things are always like silly to me because to me, like you can pour buckets of blood on something, but like if it's just like somebody's arm getting cut off, I it doesn't phase me for a second. Or like a beheading, who cares? Yeah. Ear stuff, that's <laughs> kind one, of
0: cringe that made me cringe. Not a even bit. Not cutting off, but pulling yeah. off, ripping off. That makes ear. me cringe.
1: Like that. Like that, it doesn't have to be bloody. I'm like, oh no, that seems terrible. That seems awful. Yeah. I don't want that. <laughs> it,
0: it, it's pretty grisly. Like uh, I'm amazed that you could put a scene like that in a PG thirteen movie. It, it's uh, it's prolonged too. It's, it's like very it's long, torturous. Yeah. Like, <laughs> kudos to them for sneaking that one by.
1: Yeah. I can't believe that made it into the PG thirteen cut of this movie. Um, that's that's wild to me, but good for the movie. Yeah,
0: yeah. The, the rating system is is very hard to follow. But you know, get some weird stuff like that from time to time.
1: You do, this yeah. And the movie used its one fuck pretty well. So.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, that was top notch. That
1: boy saying
0: it. And the, the um, kid flipping off his mother so good
1: so good anyway megan is great everyone see megan go see megan support yes, support yes. small support original horror um
0: highly recommend support our boy james it, you know? Wan. um you know again this is this is a this is an approachable horror film yes. this is one that the people who don't always watch horror might be into
1: yeah i do think that's like like this is, um, because it is pretty ridiculous, but it's not like malignant where it's so ridiculous that I think it's gonna put off people who aren't into the, the genre. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, that
0: one you have to be into like really crazy stuff yeah. to, to be willing um, to buy in. Um,
1: but like, um, Megan is pretty accessible for anyone. I think anybody can watch Megan. Um, I also think if you don't normally do horror, it's not so scary that it's like. Like it's probably not going to keep you up at night because you, yeah, you don't it's... have an android in your home, so <laughs> like you're fine. Um,
0: it's silly, scary. Yeah, like it's it's the goofy kind. Yeah,
1: I, I would think more people could watch this than than some other horror. So it's it's pretty pretty um pretty open for many people, um, and I would encourage it. Um, it's already it's already doing good numbers at the box office, but it doesn't hurt to do better. So
0: yeah, all right. Well, that is that's Megan. Um, hopefully looking forward to seeing more from her in the future.
1: Oh, we will. We'll see more Megan.
0: We will. She's, she's going to be one of the new slasher canon.
1: Oh yeah. We need a new slasher. Oh man. It's been pretty good. We got art, the clown recently and Megan.
0: Yeah. Good times. Yeah. Yeah. Good year for horror as always. I mean, I feel like the genre just keeps getting stronger and stronger. Even, even as other, uh it, movies in general are struggling these days at least at the box office
1: Horror's but. in a pretty good place right now 2022 was really good for horror i would say um yeah and 2023 is looking i mean the fact that we started off so strong in january that's a good sign january is oh, usually yeah. the bad dumping ground for horror mm-hmm. um, and we and like Skinamarink is about to come out which looks fucking nightmarish so um, yeah i've heard
0: crazy um, stuff about that um, there's definitely and the outwaters be...
1: isn't far off that also looks pretty nuts like hey, we're gonna get mm-hmm, some and mm-hmm. when is triple x that's probably that's this year right so um,
0: that is this year so, yeah, yeah.
1: it's gonna be it's gonna be a year for horror um so it'll be um when is saw x is that this year
0: uh i don't they did. Oh finish my god! Scream that, Six so. is
1: also like in a few months.
0: Yes, Scream so. Six is coming out soon. Um, we might want to finally put out that Scream episode. Who knows? Whoa! <laughs> we'll see. But yeah, lots to look forward to, and we'll keep you updated as always. There's going to be a lot coming up in the near future. We've got Oscars too. Oscar season Oscar be kicking race off is coming up very yeah. soon. We're going to be gearing up for that again. <laughs> when I'm do just you like when at, the
1: nominations get announced. Do you remember?
0: Um, they usually come out like early February. I want to see. I want. Uh, I want to say. But each
1: of the past few years has been weird and different. So at this point, I'm kind of confused.
0: That is true. The ceremony this year is on March 12th.
1: Nominations announcement January 24th.
0: Okay, so that's coming out very soon. Um, yeah, so maybe not by the next episode, but certainly in a very soon episode, we will be discussing the nominations. We'll be kicking 12 off twelve days from now. So our Oscar race again. You know, every year I think we probably shouldn't do this again, but <laughs> every year we do it nonetheless. Nonetheless, so yeah. we're probably gonna be we're gonna be in the trenches again this year i'm gonna try um, my best
1: i like we'll yeah. see we'll see we'll see how the nominations look i i feel like i've missed a lot in the past year i don't know if that's true or not but i feel like i have so
0: i definitely i definitely feel like i have just like you know not catching stuff in time before it leaves the theaters it's gonna be I just it's think gonna be I've tough missed a year. lot
1: of things that would be considered oscar fodder
0: yes Yes, absolutely. Um, like I've seen, so we'll see I've watched
1: a, a lot of movies, but I have really honed in on genre stuff, not Oscar stuff.
0: So. Yes, yes, exactly. Um, it's gonna be it's gonna be tricky. Although I have been, I've been working recently trying to catch up on some of that stuff. So we'll see. But you know, it, as as usual, we'll have our work cut out for us. Gonna have a big. Push to the finish line. Um, And we're going to bring you along for it. We always do. Dear listeners. Yeah. It's going to be a wild ride. Um, So until next time. uh, You can find us on all the major platforms. Leave us a review. If you like what you're hearing. You can also reach out to us on social media. We're at buzzed on movies on Twitter. Can email us buzzed on movies at gmail.com and until next time we'll see you at the movies we will
1: see you at the movies or in the wsu the weird seattle universe <laughs> love that universe long to be there Because it's like you know, like fucking Blade is an Avenger right now, and he's one of the top tier Avengers. Like I, I'm sure that if Disney wanted to use Blade, they could. Like okay, there I don't is think Universal Studios has
0: Blade. Oh man, a Blade ride would be awesome. <laughs> It'd be the Curse <laughs> of Dark. That would be Apple. crazy. Yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, they should. They should just replace the uh, the old extraterrestrial alien encounter slash Stitches' Great Escape. Oh my God,
1: Stitches Great Escape! With a blade-themed
0: attraction.
1: (laughs) Yes, they should do that.
0: (laughs) Where you get attacked by vampires in the dark. Or fucking Ghost
1: Rider. Ghost Rider's an Avenger right now.
0: Oh my God, Ghost Rider. You want
1: to fucking give Ghost Rider? I mean, you're telling me they can't do Ghost Rider? Yeah, I want a Ghost Rider indoor roller coaster with a lot of flames and darkness. That's what I want. We need a a Ghost
0: Rider straddle coaster where you get on like a, a bike. Yes, you like do need like that, Hagrid's yeah. motorbikes, and you they just like do it, vroom, vroom. it
1: should be like one where you go like on the ghost writers of history. Like the first ghost writer wrote a woolly mammoth, so you should like start there. Um, <laughs> That'd so. be great. That would be
0: <laughs> yeah. We actually it it should be like an Epcot style like. Um, Omni mover Dark Ride where you just get taken through the history of Ghost Rider
1: yes and it's they an educational ride you should get Nick Cage to do the voiceover um, <laughs>
0: he narrates it since the dawn of time uh, <laughs> Ghost Rider has fought on behalf of humanity
1: oh, that's a really good impression that's very good uh-huh.
0: I don't I don't often do Nick Cage so that one surprised me.